It is great to be here on this Thursday after the Braves finally figured out how to win a game in Arizona. Yesterday afternoon, we are back. Kevin and Ben, thanks for being with us. A lot to get to on the show. The SEC meetings have been going on this week. Certainly a lot to get to uh, from that as they've talked about all things NIL, scheduling, transfers. Nick and Jimbo didn't really have a whole lot to say uh, about one another. It was kind of uh, much ado about nothing. I think Jimbo kind of said, we're good. I'm going to worry about myself now and uh, and and move forward. So uh, we'll talk about that. Uh, also look uh, to talk a little golf with Rich Stott, host of the Back Nine Boys Golf Show. As, again, you have some big names that have committed to play or are going to play in the LIV Tour in London next week. That's the Saudi Tour that got Phil in all that hot water. Well, guess what? Dustin Johnson, Sergio, they're all in. Show me the money. Uh-huh. We'll, talk to, uh, we'll talk to Rich Stiles about that coming up. And some, uh, some other football things hanging out there as well, like the Atlanta Falcons trying to get us those 1980s feels nice. all over again. Nice. So we'll get to that uh, coming up in just a little bit. But, Ben, we got to start there with Atlanta. One of three from Arizona. Ouch. Uh, not good. I, I think your average person probably couldn't name two or three guys on the Arizona Diamondbacks. And you lost two out of three. You're ten and a half back of the New York Mets. We talked about this easy run. Our easier run, I should say, in the schedule. No winning, no pro game, obviously, is easy, but a easy turn in the schedule, and you've actually lost ground to the Mets in this stretch. Still a lot of it to go, but how disheartening is it that you really haven't made up any ground at all on the New York Mets? It is disheartening. It's very disheartening, Kevin, because as you mentioned, I mean, you talk about a stretch that's not going to get much favorable for a Braves team that's, that's still, I mean, when they, you know, I mean, they, when they put it all together, uh, you know, you kind of can see like, how the Braves will go out there and dominate. You know, it's, you know, winning 6-0 last night. But the thing about this Braves team is, you know, they show sign, they show signs of brilliance throughout the game, and then they show signs of, you know, still trying to figure it out. Ronald Cooney Jr. in and out of the lineup. You start talking about this, you start talking about this lineup that is really, 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 really dangerous when they when they hitting the ball. Then you talk about, you know, you talk about being able to take advantage of a bullpen that I like I say, when the Braves are playing with leads, they're a better team. But it's very, very disheartening when you say, yeah, okay, you, two out of three for, for Arizona is good. When losing two out of three is obviously because these pesky Mets, I mean, somebody need to tell them, that, hey, man, y'all the Mets. Y'all, we need y'all to slow down a little bit at this point. But I, I when I watch this Braves team, uh, Kevin, wow, you know, it's just hard for us because the last four years all you've known is they they win the division. You know, you don't, because when you win the division, you control your own destiny. You don't, you don't worry about it. nobody behind you. But when you are, I don't know, in that second slot, now you got to look around the National League and say, all right, how do we stack up with other divisions? Which to me can't, like you, as you mentioned, Kevin, before the show, four and a half games out of the wild card spot, which is a good thing. But I, at the same time, you still counting on other factors to go into it for you actually making it in the playoffs. But I just think this, I just think the Bravos got to understand. You're gonna get everybody's best. Like you mentioned, Kevin, all I know about Arizona is they're in Arizona. I don't know nothing <laughs> about the Diamondbacks. I mean, but when you're playing the Braves this year, they're circled on everybody's, you know, uh, schedule. It's the Braves. Like you take an Arizona team that's probably not gonna be that good, you know, come postseason if they make it at all. I mean, let's let's look at our team as a barometer. Well, let's let's look at how good we stack up against the Braves team. And as you mentioned, one out of three isn't good. I think the key number for the Braves now, Kevin, is three in a row. Who knows? Because it, it, they'll win two out of three. They'll win one out of three. 
if they can get that three out of three, hopefully start because they're going to have to start winning some games, you know, consistently now because ten and a half, and you start talking about eleven and a half, twelve and a half before the All Star break. That 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 puts you in a, you know, it's going to yeah. be a sprint to the finish no matter what after the All Star break. But I do think this Braves team, they we keep on talking about it, putting it together. They're going to have to find a way to get consistent with their play because, like I said, while schedule wise it's favorable. You know, they're still the defending World, World Series uh, champs, and everybody's going to get their best. Sure. I, I think the most disconcerting thing to me is, we've talked about a number of things, is just the fact that you haven't been able to string together any type of uh, of reasonable success. And, and by that, I mean you haven't gone through a stretch seemingly where you've won, you know, 8 out of 10. You can't even, as you said, Ben, it's not unheard of. I mean, can, can I the Pirates... Just swept the Dodgers. I'll say that again. The Pirates just swept the Dodgers. We have not seen the Braves win three in a row against anybody. Not against one team. Against they haven't been able to string together three wins in a row against anybody. And uh, to me, that's some of that is baseball. But a lot of that, when you're a good team or expected to be a good team, that isn't baseball because it's about finding that groove. And yeah, we don't. We're not going to go out here and win every day, but we can win 7 out of 10. We can win 8 out of 10, and we haven't seen anything remotely close uh, to that kind of run for the Braves. It's win 2, lose 2, win 1, lose 2, win 1, win 2, lose a couple. So there hasn't been anything where you could say, wow, the Braves put together a good week of baseball. And that's, I mean, that's not anything to, you know, put on the front page headlines and be like, hey, the Braves had a good week of baseball, but... They haven't had a good week of baseball from start to finish yet uh, this season. And to me, that is one of those things that good teams don't do. I mean, it's kind of a funny quirk. Uh, it, much like last year, I think they win, what, 13, 14 games in a row where they mm-hmm. alternated wins and losses, and that was just kind of one of those things. But we haven't seen this team put together any kind of moderate success. And, and, and Ben, that's, to me, hard to build upon. We say, hey, Every time we think we got some momentum, you lose a game and you're going, what What happened? And, and, and not that it's like, hey, you go out and you just you lose a game and say, hey, here's an opportunity to put three good games together, and you lose like six to one, and you're going like, what like what happened? And to me, that's the most interesting, infuriating part, I guess, about watching this Braves team play is just, it makes no sense. It makes absolutely no sense. Uh, with that, you have guys who are gold glove caliber, making errors uh, in, in the infield. You just you can't hit consistently. You can't hit with runners in soaring position uh, consistently. Uh, you strike out a lot, and then some days you. Bl- it just it doesn't make a whole lot of sense as to why this team, uh, you know, hasn't put together three or four days. Because to me, that's not asking a lot. Everybody does that. The Nationals have done that. They're not a great team. The Pirates have done that. They're not a great team. You're going to Colorado. The Rockies have done that. They're they're not a great team. So uh, to me, that's the most frustrating part is that you just haven't had even a moderate run of sustained success here in 2022. Expectations is the only thing that's going to lead to disappointment when you talk about any 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 level of sports. The thing about this uh, Braves team up until this point has been a very, very disappointing season. And sometimes, Kevin, the pressure of any season is on every team, whether you're a contending team or not. Well, who has more pressure on them than the defending World Series champs than the Braves? And I think what happens is when you get to, when you get to watching them play, they'll show signs of doing some incre- some incredible things. But then you'll say to yourself, most teams, right? This is just most teams. It's bottom of the fourth, top of the fifth. You up four to zero. Man, that team got a scratch and claw to get back in the game. Next thing you know, the Braves tied up in the ninth. 
Then they got to go to extras, which has not been the Braves' friend this year going to extras. And you were up, what, four or five runs this weekend and, and lost a game like that in extras. So. Yeah, so I, I just think that sometimes, Kevin, look, the, the Braves have created a level of expectation outside of Truist Park throughout the NL, throughout the AL, that they're going to figure it out. They just haven't figured it out. Doesn't mean they're not a good team. It's, it's almost like, you know, if we talk to college coach, they'll say, dude, we may be a better team on paper, but not in the win-loss column. Like, we're a better team, but as far as, like, which two things can be true at the same time. This Braves team is going to match up. But, look, man, give what give uh, the Mets a lot of credit. Look, man, we're going to load up with these pitches. And, you know, even though DeGrom is hurt and different things like that, we, we, we understand that for us to win the division, we got to put some distance between us and everybody else. Well, so far, so good. I just think that for this Braves team, they're going to have to look themselves in the mirror and start saying to themselves, look, it's great that you're calling guys up. But usually when you're calling guys up, it's because you got a big problem in certain in certain positions, which, I mean, you can look at it as a gift and a curse. Austin, everybody had to get called up at a certain point. It's easy to get called up when the team is contending. Hey, man, let's call the guy up. I want to see how he plays, you know, uh, on a good team. Or call him up because we, we, we have a need bad right now. I, I just think that, Kevin – you know, the Braves are not going to get any sympathy around the league. They're, 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 they don't have to, it's definitely not in this division. Zero. Yeah. Zero. But I just think that at the same time, you're going to have to you're going to have to find you're going to have to start putting stringing some wins together. Like you said, it's a game of rhythm, right? It's a game of consistency. And right now, the Braves aren't consistent at all. They're, they're, as my coach said, we are consistent at being inconsistent. At this moment, we got to find a way to get some consistency going. And who knows, Kevin? Because like I say, the one thing the Braves who got on their side, the, the Mets are not used to being in this position. Can they hold up? Can the Braves keep pace? Can the Braves chase them down? Again, well, you keep pace. They are not doing that yeah, I know. Uh, for, for right at this moment. Ten and a half games out. So much to get to here on the show. Hit us up on Twitter, at Pigskin Radio. We're streaming live, ESPNCoastal.com as well. And you can watch us on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Go to our YouTube channel. Uh, there at ESPN Coastal on YouTube. Love for you to be a part of the show. You can leave us a comment there. We'll bring you up here on the show. But the SEC meeting's been going on in Destin. A lot of talk about scheduling. How could this thing play out? Uh, earlier this week, Christian and I did a little exercise. I'll let you know how I kind of laid it all out there. When we come back, it's 3 and Out, Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Good to have you back here at 3 and Out. Kevin Thomas, Ben Troop, thanks for being with us on this Thursday SEC meetings there in Destin. Of course, they're talking about NIL. They're talking about you know, transfer portal stuff. They're talking about what happens when Oklahoma and Texas come in the league and how are we going to do this thing, right? So they seem to be favoring like a 3-5 model where you get three common opponents, Ben, every single year to, uh, to play. Not a pod system. So basically everybody's getting different opponents, yeah. right? So, yeah. so it's not Alabama, Tennessee, Vandy and Kentucky, and they all play each other. No, that's not what this – apparently the pod system is dead. It'll be 16 pieces in the stew, and you'll have a couple teams you play, and at the end of the year, the two best teams are going to play uh, in the SEC championship game. So we – Christian and I were talking about this uh, yesterday. Uh, we weren't on, of course, for the, uh, the, the day game of Braves baseball, but we try to take a stab at what it would look like. Just in our estimation. So Christian came up with his list. I did mine for every team in the SEC. Trying my best, men, to preserve what rivalries I could. And also, at the same time, trying to make it fair and balanced as well. Because I saw somebody, a great meme today, by the way, where it said, 
the, the tweet said, hey, the SEC is working real hard to come up with a schedule that everybody agrees on in this new, you know, three-game three, three game guarantee model. And here's what a lot of the teams voted for. It had every team in the SEC and their three opponents were all Vandy. So, <laughs> so you had to you had to do yeah yeah you had to come up with a way so to man, make so Vanny is definitely on everybody's yeah, list. Yeah, everybody's like, can we have Vanny? <laughs> Everybody says they want Bama, they really want Vanny. Yeah. So uh, you know, I try to make it fair so that even a team like Vandy could have a chance to compete mm-hmm. and do what they do. So this is not in alphabetical order. I, I started to be cool, and it's like, hey, I'll put it in alphabetical order. And then once I got past A, I was like, I don't worry about that. So I just wrote down all the teams and, and came up with. The three teams I think they should they should play as their permits. Again, Greg Sankey, if you're listening, Come of on, course which, I would like I would like you to use mine. And, and, and he also so, wants some of that cheese if you use yeah. as well. So if you use my model, ten percent royalty, it's fine. But for for life, yeah, for yeah, in perpetuity. <laughs> if that happens, I will not be on the radio yeah, show. I'll be, I'll be, the well, following welcome day. to but, uh, welcome to the show. Yeah, it'll be it'll be it'll be Ben by him. No, look. So this is a fun exercise, right? Because you're starting to think of, because as Christian and I were doing this, we kind of were talking back and forth amongst ourselves. We're like, man, like some of these teams, really, you don't have anything to grab onto, right? Like who, like South Carolina wants to play Georgia, right? But is that worth fighting over, right? I mean, so you got Kentucky. Who does Kentucky really get their dander up like we have to play them? You're right? So you got to figure uh-huh. some of that out. Then you have Oklahoma, Texas, and you say, well, outside of playing each other, who would you like to see him play every year? You know, maybe develop a new rivalry or what have you. So I, I sat down and did all this, and Ben, here is what I came up with. Greg Sankey, if you're listening, I think this works. Come on. Both in competitiveness, fairness, what have you. Now, in anything, there's going to be a few teams that might go, it's too hard. Well, SEC people walk around telling us how hard their league is, so get over it. Again, this is just the common opponents that you will play every year. So for Alabama, of course, you got to go with Auburn. Come on. Right? Yep. So Auburn is Iron Bowl. I gave him Tennessee uh-huh. as the uh, you know third Saturday in October. Yep. And then I threw Ole Miss in there. Sorry, right. sorry, Lane Kiffin. I like it. I like it. But that is one where it's like, okay, I could say LSU, but then at some point you're like, so Auburn, Tennessee, LSU, that's what they're going to get every year. And then you start looking at who LSU can yeah. get to play, and you're going, yeah. okay, so do I have to have Alabama LSU every year? I, for me, I don't because again, again, hear me out. If you think these teams are good, there is a possibility Alabama and LSU could play for the championship. And in the last, and in the last ten years, for those people who don't really understand that, in the last ten years, LSU has beaten Alabama one time. That was a twenty nineteen. But, 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 so. but you can't look at it through yeah, that prism yeah. though, because obviously this might go on. Yeah. Well, the way college football is changing, this might go on this for might three go on for the next three years. Yeah, for three we'll, years, and then we'll just and then do we'll something. Right back to- <laughs> <laughs> and then we'll just add two more teams. We're, it'll be five. We'll we just won't call it five. Yeah. We'll call it sections. Yeah. So we got uh, Alabama with Auburn, Tennessee, Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. Then I went to Arkansas. I gave Arkansas LSU. We got the, the battle for the Golden Boot. I thought that was uh-huh. one. Arkansas, Texas. Uh huh. I know somebody said you got to oh, keep oh, Texas, Texas, Arkansas. Is a, I think be a that would, I think that'd be the old Southwest rivalry. And I gave Arkansas, Mizzou, kind of the neighboring I states. Like it. And and then Christian goes close. and Christian said you didn't give them A and M. I was like, so they can play in Jerry World. I said, bump A and M out of there. They'll take Arkansas, Texas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, in, in a heartbeat. And I think that would be fun. So then that goes to Auburn. Auburn, I gave them Alabama. Yep, with the Iron to. Bowl, of course. Georgia. Yep. You got to keep that. Yep. I, I've, I've heard from enough Auburn and Georgia people that's like, oh, you got to keep that. Deep South's oldest rivalry, all that. And then I gave Auburn LSU. All and right. I'll tell you why I did Auburn LSU. Because you could say, well, you just said Alabama. 
Auburn LSU for Kevin Thomas reasons only. That's because that game is beautifully appealing to my eyeballs. Come on. You get that blue, that gold, the white uniforms of LSU with the gold pants, the white and the blue of all like it makes my eyeballs feel good to watch that game. The, na- the So the, I'm going to have the 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 what 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 the uh the navy, the navy blue and orange versus that that what that gold, that gold and yeah. purple. Hey man, let's do it. I like it it makes like I said, it's like giving my eyeballs a hug. <laughs> I like that game. So sorry Auburn. Under my plan, you gotta have to play LSU every year. Okay. You gotta play them every year now. So yeah. what difference does it make? Yeah. All right. Georgia, of course, I kept Georgia, Florida. Mm-hmm. I think you gotta do that. Yep. I gave them Auburn. Uh-huh. Deep South Oldest Rivalry. And South Carolina. I like I, I like because some people say Tennessee. And I thought about Tennessee nah, and I said, same. okay, but if I give them Tennessee and you're gonna lock Tennessee in probably with Alabama to keep that rivalry yeah, that's in rough, there. That's rough. Who else are you going to – and then, like, are you not going to give Tennessee Vanderbilt in-state? Yeah. Are you going to – so where do you go? And then you're sitting there, South Carolina going, so all of a sudden South Carolina's, like, common opponents could all be, like – it's going to be way out west. So I, I tried to do Florida, South Carolina Florida, a solid. I mean, Florida, I mean, Florida Auburn, South Carolina is good for a Georgia team because you're keeping, you're keeping two incredible rivalries. And obviously I, I just think sometimes, too, when people when people don't understand how serious that Georgia-South Carolina race, it's, it's pretty significant. I think it's a good one. And, yeah. you know – Will people miss Georgia, Tennessee? Yeah, but I, I think it's going to come around. Yeah, exactly. And like you said, these, these it'll are just come the, around the often enough. Every year. Yeah. yeah, it'll come around often enough. That's what they're trying to do with the SEC meetings is, hey, everybody's in agreement. We want to play more of our teams more often under what they were talking about. Not doing the pod system, you would play everybody in the league home and home in a four-year cycle. I think that's good stuff for the SEC. All right, Florida, Ben, your Florida Gators. You want to take a stab at what I did? Or you saw it earlier. Well, well, so I, 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 I would have still, I, I still, I still picked, obviously, Georgia. I would have picked Tennessee. And, you know, this, this is the tricky part. Florida got a nice thing going with LSU. They got a nice thing going with Kentucky and Tennessee. But I would probably go Tennessee over over the LSU. And, and I had LSU in there. I took them out and put Tennessee in there. I had Georgia, Tennessee, and Kentucky yeah. uh, for Florida. And, again, Florida's weird because it's like, do you want to play Bama? Do you want to play Auburn? Yeah, but that's not one that I want to commit to. And Florida LSU is one that's more recent. And Florida, you know, Auburn, where Florida like, Auburn used to be just it ain't as old as uh, Auburn Georgia, but it used to be very significant. I think I think the thing is, Kevin, what you like? I'm trying to do my best to preserve old rivalries, while yeah. I understand that new ones are gonna come up. I mean, to me, but, Florida LSU is good, but as yeah. you said, you said last week, like back when divisions first started or when they expanded, it's like was Florida LSU a no. must-have game? No, uh, so, uh, again. Well, that's Tennessee, all I'm saying. Georgia is a Georgia is a must-have for Florida. Tennessee is a must-have for Florida. Uh, and like I said, the somebody's got to play Kentucky. Yeah, Congratulations. And, 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 and the Kentucky Florida rivalry has gotten a lot better over the years. I do. I think that's one that I think Florida probably appreciate. I think Kentucky. That's been a good, a good game I mean, for I the mean, most that, guys. That was the longest. And Kentucky's got to play one somebody. Point, it was the longest. I think it was like 39 straight years Florida had beaten Kentucky. Then obviously here come Ben well, Snell Jr. and Josh Allen. Obviously. You know, it hasn't been the same. So. Oh, sorry, Florida. I gave no. you I gave you Kentucky. <laughs> South, so, South Carolina, obviously, they have Georgia, as uh-huh. I mentioned earlier. I gave South Carolina Mizzou uh-huh. the ba- because that, of the that, battles of the Columbus. I think that's one that has the potential to have some, you know, if, if they can continue playing for another 10, 15 years and you kind of get that 20 to 30-year run in it, I think it's going to become a really good game. And you got that whole our Columbia versus your Columbia type situation going on. So, I gave Mizzou, Georgia, and I gave South Carolina, Kentucky okay. uh, as right. well. I think that's one that's at least close yeah. uh, they can do. Kentucky, obviously we've talked about it. 
South Carolina, Florida, I gave them Mizzou right. uh, as well. So Kentucky kind of gets, again, and these are games you look at and go, well, why did they get off? No, good teams under this thing are playing good teams, and the teams that are kind of in the middle are also playing teams in the middle. So everybody should benefit from this, right? I mean, Kentucky goes into, you give them South Carolina, Florida, Missouri, they got to think of our common opponents. We got a good chance at two out of three a lot of times, yeah. you know, depending on who's up, who's down. So uh, then they go to Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt, hey, you got to be nice to them, man. Ole Miss, Tennessee, Mississippi State. So they I like play. It. I think right now they're already every year with Ole Miss so they, as a so crossover. They get, they get both of the Mississippi teams in Tennessee. I like it. That's fair, and Tennessee man. is that was one where I was talking about Tennessee and Florida. I was like, well, what do you do? Is like, does Tennessee just not play Vanderbilt? No. And so gotta, I'm like, yeah, hey, you just gotta, go ahead. You have the it's not a. Game. I mean, it's not a great game that everybody circles on the map, but still. It's Been Tennessee. a lot more competitive over years than people give it credit for. Well, that's for too. true, but it's Tennessee Vanderbilt. It's in the same state. Like it just yeah. makes too much sense. Mm-hmm. They're in the same conference for crying out loud. All right, so LSU. This is where it starts. Like people at All LSU right. might hate me on this one, I, but I tried. LSU Arkansas mm-hmm. Golden Boot game. I think you got. Yep. That's one to me. Yep. That's worth keeping. LSU Auburn. I already mentioned. Love yep. that game. I that's like beautiful. It. And then we see our first newcomer. I think LSU Oklahoma. It would be, be a, I, I would like, be a tremendous game. Like and again, I think you get down to it. Because now you now you now you now you doing the brand. But, 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 but I think that's one of those game. that's one of those where Oklahoma has nothing with almost anybody they in don't. the in the SEC. Because I, I I was reading something in uh, old uh, was it Arkansas or something or something like that. They said even like Arkansas hasn't played against Oklahoma in some ridiculous amount of time, um, and so. Oklahoma is like, you know they want to play Texas, but it's like outside of that, who who could they match up with and start something? If it's going to be a common opponent, who would it be like? Oklahoma, South Carolina, like that does nothing for anybody. You know, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I gave them, I gave them, uh, I gave them LSU, LSU, Oklahoma. I'm sorry. Then we get down to Texas A&M, Jimbo. And Jimbo said, bring that smoke at SEC Media Days. He's like, oh, we're looking forward to it, to play in you know who. A&M v. Texas, got to have it. Oh, you got you got it. Got to have it. Got, now, oh, the, oh, oh, that old Big 12, you got to bring that and back. And I know there were some people, when it went away, they were like, fine. Got to bring that back. I, but I know what, there are a lot of people that said, when it ended, that's fine. We don't, there's some bad blood there. It is what it, you got to bring it back. Got to. Texas A&M gets them. Texas, Mississippi State. Yep. I mean, that was one where Mississippi State had to fall somebody. It's at least close. Yep. And... I give them Oklahoma as well. I like A&M, I, like, I, like, I like I like I like the Texas A&M renewing getting renewing that old Big Twelve rivalry from both Oklahoma, you know, and Texas. You had a Mississippi State. And, I like it. For all I you A and M fans, go why why you give us so tough? Come on, man, your coach making seven mil, and you got the number one recruiting class, not paid for recruiting not class. Paid, by the way, I didn't, I didn't say they you got the number one. I didn't recruiting say they did anything wrong. I yeah. said they paid for him. Okay. Yeah, I didn't say anybody yet. We did not buy a single recruit. Well, you didn't buy him, so you're going to play uh, play Oklahoma. So Texas comes in. They get Oklahoma, obviously. Yep. I gave them a. Uh, I, I wrote down ATM, Texas A&M, and Arkansas. You got uh, to. Texas got Arkansas, to. man. You got to get right, man. Texas Arkansas, Oklahoma. I gave them Texas, Texas A&M, and LSU. Yep. I think Oklahoma. I mean, that's good coming in. And, they, and listen, and, and for those people thinking, oh, that's unfair. Texas Oklahoma, they got, they need to be welcome into the gauntlet, just like everybody else Absolutely. had to deal with it. Welcome you say, straight in. So you say you want to play SEC football? Let's get right. You know, you know, boomer, do it, boomers. Yeah, Missouri, I gave Arkansas, South Carolina, and Kentucky. Some like of these are like you can it. kind of fill like in it. as we go through. Tennessee got Bama, Florida, and Vandy. Whew. I mean, it ain't, it listen, it ain't right. That's two that it's you nice. have to, that's two that you had to I keep. Like it. Uh, and Mississippi State, or Mississippi's going to get Mississippi State, Vanderbilt, and Alabama. Right. And Mississippi State gets Ole Miss, A&M, 
and Vanderbilt I as like well. So, I, so everybody I, I, I is kind I, I of like, fair like, for everybody. I like, the brand, I like the brand equity games. I like the renewing the, uh, the Big 12. And the thing is this, right? The goal is to give you three teams that you play every year, but to make sure that everybody's playing everybody. Like, if everybody plays everybody within a four-year span, you're getting it done. And when you could, we talking about, what, eight teams? Potentially in a in a in a in a east and a west that wasn't gonna work. Yeah. Uh, so I, I do like it, Kevin. I like the fact that you certain teams built in. Florida got to play Georgia. Georgia got to play Auburn. Right. Um. You know Tennessee got to play Vanderbilt. Texas and M and Oklahoma. I mean Texas and M, Oklahoma, Texas. Sorry. I know y'all thought that y'all wasn't. We bringing y'all back together. Y'all are the y'all are the family reunion that you know you just got to show up to because you spent your money. Show up. Deal with it. I, and I like how I like how too when you start when you start talking about the SEC and how new rivalries are going to be born. Sure, old rivalries are. But I but I but I honestly I mean honestly going back to their Southwest uh, conference days, you look at some of these like to me I think Texas Arkansas depending on how they continue if Sam Pittman continues I mean back in the in the day it was I think Texas Arkansas could be one of those big three thirty national games, right? I mean it really could. And I think there would be a lot of. Uh, fervor and fan involvement, if you'll, if you want to say, uh, in in that football game. So yeah, it was a fun exercise. I, again, I encourage you if you're an SEC fan. Look, it's not going to be pods, so you don't have to lump three teams together or four teams together. It's just come up with three common games that teams are going to play every year. Georgia, I gave you Florida, Auburn, South Carolina. I'd love to hear from you, Georgia fans. Send us a comment on Twitter at Pigskin Radio on Facebook, YouTube. Let us know who your common three would be. I think it works out. I, I again, Greg Sankey. This is just my. I will say this again. If you just that's just Kevin's picks. I think Greg Sankey would be smart if he followed that, right? I mean, I mean it, it, to me, it's bad. And again, to me, it's bad. You can't look at it recently and go, "Well, they've dominated." This. Like historically, some yeah. of these teams are going to go up and down. And, 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 and I and I will say, this I too, think it's fair for everybody. About the SEC, obviously, right now the two it teams are. You know, Alabama and Georgia, rightfully so, right? But I think what this does is this really gives teams a chance to have a blossoming season and potentially get to Atlanta. Because I think what I think what Greg Sankey is saying is, look, man, wow, listen. Well, I this love- is I want again. This is not what they're. Do- this is yes. not it. This is Kevin's pick. Yes, but go ahead. Yeah. No, but what I, but what I'm saying is, Kevin, it's like what we say about the ACC, right? It's so top heavy, right? Most teams are never gonna make it to Charlotte because of how how it's set up. The goal is to have representation of other teams. What Pitt and Wake did for the ACC is kind of like what they want. Hey, man, I want I want other teams to say, hey, man, okay, it's going to be outliers. 2019 LSU is an outlier. Like, they have one of the best teams of all time, but they beat everybody, right? Cool. Other than the LSU, they, they're an 8-9 win team every other year, which ain't nothing wrong with that. I think what the SEC is really saying is the, when, we roll, when, when they roll out this new brand of SEC, we don't want it to be Georgia – Alabama Central in Atlanta. Now, if that's what it is, that's what it is. But, Kevin, you know, just like I know, if it's an Oklahoma or a Texas versus team, do you know how many? Now you're pulling fans from the state of Texas, from Oklahoma, which I think they're going to come anyway. So I, I, I like it, though. I do like this because, like I said, I care about everybody playing everybody. The mere fact that Notre Dame plays Georgia at home more than Alabama does. Notre Dame has been to Georgia more than in recent years. That just shows you how you try, you're going to have to get past the yeah, East and the West. They've played, uh, Georgia's played Notre Dame more than they've played Texas, <laughs> Texas A&M. Exactly. So I, yeah, I, I, true. I, do, I do think that, you know, the the, the, the games, you, you, you're you going to make sure you got good games every week, obviously. Um, sorry, Vandy. It, no matter who we picked, it was going to be rough. 
Well, I mean, it's hard. It's like it's hard to do it and make it fair because you want Kentucky to, and Vanderbilt and some of those teams to say, "Hey, our common opponents are teams we match up well with traditionally." Match up well with like you don't want to go in there and say, "Hey, Alabama, we gave you Vandy, Kentucky, and I don't know, pick another team uh, that that traditionally has not stayed at the top." And you can go, "Okay, that's what we're doing." Like, no, we don't want to do that. So I try to make it where it's like, "Hey, you're going to have to square off and play some people, right? Yeah. You're going to have to play some good teams in your common post." So that was just a fun little exercise. I like, I like it. Do it at home. It's fun. Write down all sixteen oh, yeah, teams yeah, yeah. and that, then try to fill it out. Yeah, we're going to, have to put it up on Twitter, like how. How would you, you know, with Oklahoma and Texas coming to the SEC, how would you, would you keep it east and west, or would you go? No, to I think it's just open sixteen. Oh, 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 it's because, what they're talking about. Is and just, who would be the common opponents? It would be yeah, common opponents. Open sixteen teams. The two teams with the best record at the end of the year will play each other for the SEC championship. No more east, no more west. And people say, "Oh, you can't do that." I mean, Ben, you and I grew up in a in an era where there 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 was no east and west. Yep. And they just played each other, yep. and somehow they figured out a way yep. to to get to Atlanta. I'm I'm, I'm old enough, and I don't every, consider every, myself that ancient, but I'm on, but I'm old enough to on, remember when Arkansas first, and South Carolina SEC, weren't yeah, there. Wanted, the first SEC championship game was in the '90s. It was versus Alabama and Florida, right? Right. So it ain't like so. All right, this this, this is how far we come. A person born in '90 is 32 years old. Jesus. So, <laughs> <laughs> so all so all I'm saying is when it's it, it's not everything. Everything has a time and place. So when it comes to the SEC, it was gonna switch up. Yeah. No matter what, and because and 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 like I said, whoever's gonna be involved in this new system, we're gonna have to get used to it. But the goal is to try to make it fair for every team involved. It let made the best two teams end up in Atlanta. We'll see what happens. But I I, I do like I do like uh, this system that you uh, that you and Christian have uh, put in Absolutely. place. Hey, I I think it's one that has a lot of traction. Uh, with that three-team common opponent, no pods, and made the best two teams play it off at the beginning of or at the end of the year. Again, I remember no SEC with the with, with I remember when South Carolina and Arkansas came in. Everybody's like, "Oh my, what is happening? The league is ruined." <laughs> there were people back there go, "You just can't do that." And now South Carolina and Arkansas are as SEC as they've SEC ever been. Uh, at the end of the day, we'll come back. Much more to get to. Hit us up on uh, Twitter at Pigskin Radio. You can also watch us live Facebook. Twitter and YouTube. Hit us up on our YouTube channel at ESPN Coastal, and of course, all across the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Going to be back here on Three and Out again. Follow us on Twitter at Pigskin Radio, also streaming live at ESPNCoastal.com. You can live video uh, stream us uh, there at ESPN Coastal on YouTube and our Facebook and Twitter spots as well, so we encourage you to do that and stay involved here on 3 and I did want to get to this, Ben, because, you know, the sports has been wild lately, you know, from all the NIL and stuff, you know, folks getting fined. And we haven't had a chance to talk about Tommy Pham and, and Jock Peterson. Jock Peterson, of course, former Brave, uh, now in San Francisco. Tommy Pham comes up uh, late last week and slaps around Jock Peterson prior to the game. He gets suspended, and people said, what in the world? What are you fighting about before the game? He's like, I was fantasy football, man. Like, what league are you in, Ben? Where fantasy football, which, mind you, I am, I'm no, uh, what, what, psychiatrist, right? But fantasy football was over in, like, January, right? Mm -hmm. Unless you play in one of those weird leagues 
that actually can get you into a playoff. But most teams are done week seven. Well, well now what? Week 18. Most leagues are done le- week 18. It was May. Five months later. And you're still mad about some kind of IR situation, designation to happen in fantasy football? Like, what What kind of high-stakes fantasy football league are you in, sir, that you're going to go up and slap a dude five months after the league ends about some kind of injustice in fantasy football? I mean, fantasy football peeps mm-hmm. are some of the weirdest ones out there. Yep, yep. And then Tommy Pham comes out and spills the beans. He's like, well, what was going on? He's like, well... I'll be honest, you know, Mike Trout, not much of a commissioner. So now mm, Mike Trout gets mm, Mike Trout mm, gets pulled into this thing. Mm. And I just I, and I just had I had the thought, like, being the commissioner of a fantasy league sucks. Like, it's just, there, there's no upside. Right? All you deal with is everybody's complaining. If you win the league, you cheated. If you don't win the league, like the, the commissioners who don't win the league are some of the most miserable people in season that you ever run across. Like, I'm the commissioner of this blasted thing and I'm in last place. What is that like? So Mike Trout, bad fantasy commissioner, and Tommy Pham knows how to hold a grudge. Five, I mean, five months. Yep. After that, you're gonna go slap somebody around. Yep. Over who got designated as an IR guy in yep. fantasy football. Kevin, listen. Now, a lot of ways you can look at this. A lot of ways to break this down. <laughs> <laughs> there really, there really, really is, right? All right. Tommy Pham and Jack Peterson. Now, when I saw Jack Peterson getting interviewed about this. And I was like, get slapped. Fantasy. Like, what are they talking about? And and Jock is looking all, you know, so, you know, he's looking all like shock in the face. Yeah, man. I was kind of shocked me when he kind of did it or whatever. To the front of Tommy Fam. I mean, I don't know if Tommy Fam has ever got suspended by baseball for something, I don't know, baseball related. But he got suspended three games. Over a hundred thousand dollars. You know? Then <laughs> over I, fantasy. Over, not over, because of baseball. Yeah, over something not real. Then, <laughs> then the fact that he's calling out the commissioner. Hey man, listen. Well, Mike Trout is back. What Mike? So what time? What time? Tommy Fam knew. Listen, listen. I'm in Mike Trout's fantasy league, which means there are other leagues, fantasy leagues around MLB for football that you're not in. <laughs> I don't know what the buy-in is uh, for that league, but I will say this. How do you get into Mike Trout's fantasy I, I football? Will say, I will say this. Mike Trout didn't like the fact that he got called as commissioner. Like, well, listen, a lot of commissions are bad, so it ain't like I'm the only one. Even though I'm not a real commissioner, <laughs> yeah. but I, I, I just think that what happens is Kevin, right? We don't we we as competitors, we as men sometimes we can't cut stuff off. Think about this. For those people that say can men hold grudges, yes, it just depends on what the grudge is. And, and if you think, Fantasy you, football. Yeah, I but, mean, my but, God. Okay, Kevin, we've all we we listen, we we we've all had somebody do something to us. And to the onlookers, it's not that bad. To you, all right. If I catch him, think about time, think about time fan for a second. He goes, whenever I see Jock. It's going down. Like what? Like no, no. Whenever I see him, you go, dude. What about the game? I don't care. Cause now <laughs> I don't. I really don't know what what the just of what happened. But it was worth Tommy Pham swinging on Jock to where and, and taking now, a suspension. Two things: the managers of these ball clubs are saying, "I don't want to hear about fantasy football yeah. anymore." You have a meeting. He's like, guys, no more fantasy football. Pham won't be playing the next three games because he's swinging <laughs> on people. Because of a fantasy football game. No, no, no. I, I, this made this made national news, sports yeah. news, by the way. And I, and I just think, Kevin, sometimes, you know, once again, we're going to have, listen, we're going to have to just develop, you know, we're going to have to get a segment on the show called You Are a Weirdo. And we're going to tell you why. Mike Trout, Mike, listen, the, the, the guy in the, the guy, the, arguably the best player in the Major League Baseball, 
makes the most money, it's it's talking about being a commissioner <laughs> of a fantasy football league. Like that's how serious this is. Now, this is the thing, right? We all are weird. We all have little weird things we like to get into. But most fantasy leagues, it's only known by the people in the league. Now, I mean, uh, I mean, I'm just saying. I, I, when I saw this, I just laughed at it. But now people are losing money, a lot of it. <laughs> I think it's just funny that he got you know got suspended for something that was not even baseball related. It's like you went out and slapped a dude over fantasy football before <laughs> five months you, you after. Him, the you want to put him on? Well, look, you want to put him on the bench? Bam. Now, if there's a gripe that I have with fantasy football, it's usually the fact that I forget to put guys in, and so I am that guy that. We'll play like six dudes who are on a bye week, and then everybody's like, "Why did you have six guys on the bench?" I don't know. I forgot. I forgot to go check check the roster. You know, it's 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 not something that I I'm dedicated to. So yeah, I'm not swearing. I'm not, I'm not so swearing like, on nobody. If you're if you're like Mike Trout, like we saw what played out on the field. Like what happened behind the scenes? That's what like, what, is, what Tommy made, Pham, made, yeah. is Tommy Fam? Is Tommy Fam texting Mike Trout going, "Hey, you gotta do something about Jock now." Why? Oh, he's got that IR designation. I don't agree with it. We're going to do uh, I, I, And Mike I Trout's over there going, I just want to watch football. Like, I, I don't want to deal with this. Listen, I will check with my sources, and I will see what Jock Peterson is doing. Now, 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 <laughs> if you ever want to know the popularity of football, this is how popular fantasy football And that was the whole thing about fantasy football. It was about growing the game. How do I... You know, how do I, you know, Mike Trout in freaking L.A. rooting for over, you know, rooting for, you know, a team in freaking, I don't know, uh, you know, Philly, even though he's, even, I'm pretty sure a lot of his players, he's a Philly fan. So I, I just think that Kevin, what's crazy is they're not talking about baseball with baseball players. Hey, Mike, man, good game. But uh, what you want to tell us about Farmer Peterson? <laughs> we're, we're still reviewing it. But, uh, you know, that's, you know, he, he violated the bylaws yeah. or whatever, you know, but hey. I find that truly, like, to me, I saw that and I was like, this is amazing. And this is why. <laughs> Sane people aren't commissioners of, oh, of yeah. fantasy football league. This is why you get people no offense. Oh. No offense if you're listening, Cody Queen. Yeah. That's why Cody Queen is the uh, commissioner of your fantasy because he's all about this it. This goes to two things, right? This goes to two things. He <laughs> will rule with weird, an iron this goes fist. To weirdoism and narcissism. <laughs> if you are Mike Trout, it's ba- it's not bad. Enough. Not good enough. You the highest paid and you the face of baseball. No, I'm the commissioner of this league. I. He on a Zoom call talking about, I will not begin until you guys be quiet. Mute your mics. <laughs> Are we serious right now? Craziness. What do you name your team in the Mike Trout League? Like, do you take, know, a, do you take a dig at Mike Trout? Like, do what you, do you do? Do you, do you have to send in a name? He goes, we will review these names and yeah. decide if, if it fits our if league. If they're appropriate or not. <laughs> Mike Trout, who also says he's going to be a weatherman when he gets done playing He might ball. be. Apparently he can. A man of many talents. Mike Trout, weatherman, commissioner, baseball player. In that order. We'll come back. It's three and out. Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Welcome back to three and out here on this Thursday. Georgia Southern. Statesboro. A lot of folks getting pumped for college baseball there in the borough. Can I say the borough where it's thoroughbend, or is that uh, disrespectful to uh, I mean, I mean, you know, to Swainsboro? You, well, you got a couple of people that keep it thorough <laughs> in Statesboro. I mean, I, you know, I, I'm not going like, to. I'm trying to keep up with all the. Uh... No, no, no. They, I mean, Statesboro. Like, listen, they 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 want they want thirty you know thirty miles to the west of of, of Swainsboro. But no, I mean Statesboro. You can't even get the host of regional. I think I think the thing about it is that makes it so prestigious is I don't know a lot about a lot now, <laughs> but I can about guarantee you there ain't a person in from Texas Tech or Notre Dame. 
ever been anywhere near no states, bro. But you gonna, you know, they gonna, they gonna roll, they gonna roll out the red carpet. That's gonna change. They're gonna roll out the red carpet, but they hope that carpet gets rolled right back up. That's right. Get back on the plane and head back to your respective and, city. And that all starts tomorrow. So sold out, standing room only left there in Statesboro, Notre Dame, Texas Tech, Georgia Southern playing UNC Greensboro. Day one there in Statesboro. Hour two next. Great to be here on this Thursday. Hour two, Kevin Thomas, Ben Troop. Thanks for making us a part of your day. We'll chat with Rich Stiles, host of the Back Nine Boys Golf Show, coming up this hour. A lot of defections to the LIV, the Saudi Tour. What does that mean for the PGA Tour? Uh, given a lot of displeasure. And again, a lot of people thought that maybe it was done after Phil kind of backed out and lost all of his sponsors and uh, reputation and things of that nature. And now guys like Dustin Johnson, Sergio Garcia are all playing in it next week. We'll talk to Rich Stiles about that and what uh, that means moving forward. But Ben, before we get into any of that, let's take three here on three and out. All right, take one. SEC meetings in Dustin. I don't know if you saw this or not, but a fan, yes, a fan, we talk about tight security, a fan snuck in to SEC, uh, the SEC meetings in Destin, found Nick Saban, and offered him five Gs at the SEC meetings if he would leave Alabama. So the question is, not that's not. It's probably going to take a little bit more than five Gs, though. Just apparently he was a, apparently he was a teenager. Five Gs is a lot of scratch for a teenager. A lot of scratch for Kevin Thomas uh, hey, as well. But who would you try to pay off to get to leave in sports? Dabo. See, I, I had to think about it for a little bit. Oh, Kevin. You want to pay off Dabo? Yeah, I just pay off Dabo to get on out of here. But because this thing about Dabo, Kevin, I mean, at a certain point, right? D- Dabo is like, you know, I mean, you know, when you when you start thinking about all the different things he's done, great coach, right? Great coach. Go to NIL, I'm done. I'm out of here. Mister, bring your own gut. Still haven't learned how to dance, right? How to just and, and, and just the inconsistency of it. And Kevin, remember how we were talking about first? It makes the ACC even again. It does. <laughs> It really, really does. Dabo Sweeney is out. He can go, listen, pay him. He go to the pros like he said he was going to do with all these different things. But he's so wishy-washy how he is. It's everybody's fault when he doesn't when he doesn't win. You know, uh, to me, I, you know, I don't, it, it, these, I mean, these answers are obviously Kirby Smart, but I mean, you know, you know, if he, it's going to be Kirby Smart Jr., Jr. Yeah. If, if he go, but to me, give me, give me, give me Dabo only because it makes college football, it makes the ACC even again. And he said if they went to NIL, he was going to leave. He don't want to, yeah. he don't want to, I'm not going to be in a league the way you paying players. I say, you know, and, and I'm like, I'm like, uh, well, technically he's still not, I guess. And then when I asked Dabo, Dabo, if you, if you were, if, if you had to break down football, who, who would you follow, Mel Kiper Jr.? Of course you would, because Mel Kiper said he would le- he would leave if Mr. Clawson didn't make it. So, see all this. So, give me a Dabo Sweeney. I will pay him some cheese to get on the body. I mean, that's an interesting one. I, 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 if we're if if we're not limited to coaches, no. Uh, I feel like, but he's going to leave. I, I would be tempted to say Tom Brady and just say, just please. <laughs> Get, get going. Just go. Like we get it. You're you're 87 years old. You're out here throwing 40 pass, 40 touchdown passes, leading the league. Like I get it, but just 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 go. Get get, get going. It, I mean, just sail off into the sunset with your supermodel wife. Yeah. And I was retired for 40 the, the two, days, man. The, I couldn't handle it. What? The two small fortunes the two of you have amassed, and just just the go. The fact on. that you do commercials, all you gotta do is go. Let's go. That's it. You're a genius. <laughs> Good. Great job. Give me my cheese. Unplug, unplug, unplug yourself. 
Say let's go. Say, I mean, say actually, that's it. I mean, I'm, I, this, I, this is a fun question because there's, I think, actually a lot of people I would pay. Oh, oh, oh. I, I mean, would pay I mean, to if leave. That's the case. I mean, Roger Goodell. I mean. You would get, pay Roger to leave? Get, get gone. Get, get on out of here. Because at the end of the day, you know, I mean, I would say Mark Emmert, but he's already gone. Yeah, he's like, already he, on the way he, out. He's already, he was gone when he was active. He was silent. He was Casper, the friendly ghost. <laughs> you know, I'm just saying. It's just like so. I, yeah, Kevin, it's 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 too many guys. When you start talking about coaches and this, that, and third, I mean, you know, players and. But pretty ingenious. He was like, and the kid was apparently an LSU fan, and Nick said he wanted him to. to here's five grand if you'll retire. And the kid was pretty honest. At least he was like, look, every year I get my hopes up, thinking this is the year, and then we lose to Bama again. And I just want him to go away. And so kid, I, I, and I appreciate it. And up getting recruited by Bama. Going to Bama, <laughs> beat up on LSU. That, that's, that's how they go. Somebody on the internet, find out who that kid was. Yeah. And see if he ends up going. Uh, yeah. Could you please leave? How about a scholarship, young man? Hey, man, what, uh, what position you play? Well, I mean. I play outside linebacker. <laughs> how do you? <laughs> but hey, yeah, right. he snuck in in Destin and tried to pay off Nick Saban to get on up out of there. Hey, man. I wonder if, like, that got wind around the, the meetings earlier if, if – uh, you know, like Jimbo and, and Kirby and some others, like I'll throw in, a, I'll throw in a few bucks, if it means he's out. If, he, if he's out, <laughs> like he's like, legit gone. Billy, I know? got, I got ten grand in the Coach couch Kelly? cushions. I, mean, I, I guess. Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, throw a couple of dollars in there. <laughs> Lane, you want to throw in some money? Oh, oh, Lane, 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 I really did. I'm, I'm calling my account right now. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, we're uh, Leach, huh? You guys take PayPal? Like, Hypo, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I know you, Tennessee. Hey. Vanderbilt, we ain't going to take I would imagine right that would be the largest fundraiser ever if you went around anonymously to SEC coaches and said, seriously, how much money would you pay if it meant Nick Saban would retire tomorrow? I mean, half a mil. I mean, no, I'm serious. Like, and if you pulled it all together, would it be more money than Nick currently makes at Alabama? Probably not. Well, with Kirby just I getting it, I, Yeah, with Kirby just getting no, I'm saying, like, if you went to every, every coach and said, hey, we're going to start a pool, how much are you willing to give? And Nick's, Nick Saban says, I'm done. I'm walking away. I mean, five grand ain't going to do it. Nice try by that young man. But, like, if you could raise 12, 13 mil, a mil each coach, Come on. I don't I mean, know. Some I mean, of those coaches might not be willing to cough up a mil. But I mean, some, well, I mean with Bill and Napier, like, look, man, I'm, I, I, gotta, I just got, got some of y'all boys been here now. Yeah. I, mean, I just got this 7.1. I got to yeah. give a brother a year. Listen, <laughs> I gotta let, get let me paid get to my first. second contract. <laughs> then we, we can do that. We can talk. But yeah, that, I think that would be very interesting. Yeah. Anonymously. How much money would you pay Nick Saban to go whoa, away? Whoa, whoa, whoa. I think we look at it the wrong way. I mean, hey, boosters. Because I imagine, I know, I know, I, I just, I would be interested anonymously. I'm not going to say who your name is, but how much money would you personally offer up if it meant Nick Saban retired? Oh, I bet all of them would be. Oh, I'm giving money if it meant he was gone. Oh, get, get him out of there. Because they're going to shame the one they trying to do it. Hey, we try and do it, but you know, yeah, somebody want to just blast. No, Vanderbilt, man, my, my wife, Clark said, Lee said, I don't said. care. Yeah, man, you, you got endorsements. You can make that money back in endorsements. Clark Lee said, Nick Saban, Joe Saban, Lou Saban, it don't matter. We're still losing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not forking up any money. Just no. go ahead and give it to me. All right, moving along. Take two, Ben. The Atlanta Falcons are bringing back the Red Helmets this year in October. They're going to have a game. They're going to break them out. Is the Red Helmet the best Falcons helmet? Uh, It's up there. I, I think the best Falcons helmet is just all black with the, with the, with the Falcon on the side of the, the little white Falcon on the side. I, I just, you know, but I the red the red is nice though. The, it really, That's really, the best one. The red the red is nice, Kevin, because I think the thing is right. Every, 
this is when you know times have gotten bad with the Falcons, man. Now they're trying to do the flare thing. Hey, man, let's wear the red helmet. Is that going to make us play better? Probably not. But we're going to look good. But we like, like it. Oh, yeah, the red helmet with the white with the white jerseys, right? You know what I'm saying? I mean, you know, look nice. But it they nice, though, because it kind of scared me, right? I saw the A.J. Terrell thing. I think two days ago, we walk in, he go, oh, he, you know, he lift up the thing. Think about this for a second. That's he was how, in the promo video yeah, putting this, on the helmet. This, this, this thing, right? Atlanta had to do a promo video. They go, who the hell can we get? Can we get Marcus Mariota? No, he hasn't played yet. Can we get Kyle Pitts? No, he's going <laughs> in the second year. Can we get Grady Jarrett? They could have done Kyle no. Pitts. People don't know who Grady Jarrett is now. Who can we get? A.J. Terrell. Who? You know, the cornerback. You don't want to get Jake Matthews out there slapping on the road? No, so Jake Matthews is going to be too, too busy saying, Jake, don't say this. Ain't a, we ain't rebuilding. Jake, <laughs> shh, don't talk. No. Try to A.J. Terrell, no. man. I mean, I mean the, 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 the red, listen, the red with the black falcon is smooth, though. They it are the smooth. best. They are the best one. That's the one I grew up on. And I, I, I promise you, I, I saw somebody say I didn't know because I didn't know this either. And they have apparently the helmets have a gold stripe uh, on them. And somebody said it was there because incorporating in the the Falcons helmet, they are honoring the two major universities in Georgia and Georgia Tech. I'm like, well, the whole thing's red. And I don't remember going back into 80s and 90s there being some kind of tradition with a gold stripe. I could be wrong, Falcons fans. You can tweet us here on the show at Pigskin Radio. Drop us a line. I do not remember there being a gold stripe on the helmet. Apparently, there's one uh, across the top, and that's uh, to to hook up Georgia Tech in some way. But I do like the red helmets. I wish they would the just wear them all the, the time. The red is nice. I mean, my listen for those who don't know. Okay, you know, I'm I'm, I'm my goal in life. I get why you wouldn't like because you'd be like, oh, it looks like George Bulldogs. But no, I, I, I think oh, no. the I think the red Falcons helmet is the best. No, no, the red the red is nice. I mean, I, I, listen, listen, all I'm saying is right. The Falcons obviously ain't going to come out with no new jerseys. They already did that with the little numbers. We about to bring out the reds. I hope. Listen, and Kevin, you know what you're like. I know when they bring out them reds, they get smoked dog. Boop boop boop. Them reds gonna go back into the vault with the smoke. And we won't see him again. But hey, man, I, I like the fact that, you know I uh, got some nice little throwback. So I, li- I like the little throwback red helmet with the black with the black falcon. Yeah, Falcons red helmet is the way to go. All right, moving along to take three, Ben. Today, we, and again, we we like to do the holidays here. Today is National Rocky Road Day. For no points, what is Rocky Road? All I know is. Because I, I I asked somebody I, beforehand, everyone's like, "Oh, Rocky Road is delicious." Okay, what what is it? And they're like, it's ice cream. I was like, I realize ice cream. What is it? I, I I think it's, Kevin, you know what? Rocky Road might be your triple chocolate fudge. I mean, it ice exists. Cream. Like, 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 I mean, because the thing is, I can say this. Rocky Road is the one ice cream that I haven't eaten the most. Of. I've eaten it, obviously. But I haven't eaten the most. Of. Like, when you ask somebody what their favorite ice cream is, how, you hardly never hear Rocky Road. You hear chocolate. You know, you hear vanilla, you hear Napolitan, you hear cookies and cream, you hear chocolate chip cookie dough. You hear my mind, personally these days, the cheesecake, ice cream. If you haven't had it, do yourself, please do yourself a favor. Oh, my God. Or, But, you know, Rocky Road, Kevin, I think it's just what we heard a lot growing up. I really don't know. I know it's a lot of chocolate. I know it's a whole bunch of chocolate. I couldn't give you how many different chocolates it is, but I know it's a lot of chocolate. You know, uh, you know, uh, hit us up at Pigskin Radio. Let us know what is Rocky Road breaking don't just say it's ice cream and it's chocolate. No, I know that. What else is it? What makes the road so rocky? I want to know because, Kevin, that's a good question. I don't know what it is. Am I willing to go out there and find out today? Hell yeah. I'm willing to go get some Rocky Road ice cream. But 
As I've gotten older, I don't hear it as much. My kids definitely don't know what it is. Yeah, Rocky Road. I looked it up because I was like, all this time, you just hear Rocky Road. I'm like, I'm not doing it. And I think I know why I, don't, I wouldn't like it. But it's chocolate ice cream with nuts in it and marshmallows. That's that, why, I, okay. I, I'm not, I, I, I don't want marshmallows in my ice cream. Yeah, I, okay, I, that's okay. one I can't do. And, and listen, listen, in the words of Martin Lawrence on Bad Boys, you, you just lost me. Now, I will say this. Marshmallows belong in certain places. You ready? They belong in, in, on Rice Krispies. They belong on, on, on uh, graham crackers and chocolate, a.k.a. s'mores. And for some of us, you know, uh, uh, maybe like on uh, a sweet potato casserole, maybe on the top. Yeah. That's it. Like, I don't know anywhere else or put it on top of some hot cocoa or something. Marshmallows in my ice cream? Let me tell you something. If I walked in your house. And I saw you putting marshmallows in my ice cream. I'm like, what the hell is you doing? So that, yeah. so Kevin, that, so all the other reason why I know, yeah. that's why I'm a big rock and roll. Apparently, fan. it was first made back in the 20s, the 1920s. So it's like a hundred and some odd hundred years old, I guess. But uh, yeah, I, I've just look. I was like, no. Yeah, speaking of ice cream, I have to say this because Christian is texting me this at the moment, and this you want to talk about nasty? I don't know if I could do this. Christian said he would be all about this. Apparently, the University of Miami, they're having, they're hosting a regional. The University of Miami is serving vanilla milkshakes at the game. Okay, it's hot in Miami. That's fine. Here's what's in the vanilla milkshake bit: buffalo wings, ranch, and hot sauce. Here's a picture. I can't show it up on the uh, folks watching online, but uh, that's what. And Christian said, switch the ranch to blue cheese. And I'd be I was like, you want that in the ice cream? That's nice. That's gross. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. They got celery sticks and carrots. I want a shake because of one thing. It's ice cream. But apparently you can go to Miami. That just looks like. For those you can't see, it has two drumettes in the milkshake. Let me just say this again. Since Miami doesn't want to take it there. Out of all the milkshakes, vanilla, like. No, nah, ain't nothing wrong with that. Well, if you're going to shove chicken wings in it, I guess. I don't know. I mean, I mean, I mean, all this trying to look, I, that's what I'm saying. Some people just go over the top. Listen, milkshakes don't need no help, and that's not help. You just add more candy to make a milkshake. Yeah, like, I mean, I mean, uh, vanilla milkshakes. No, chocolate. But seriously, who sits around and thinks of this stuff? Like, hey, no, let's yeah, make yeah, a milkshake, and apparently there's a company that does it. Uh, but I mean, like, who put, who's sitting around, like, been, I've never been sitting around saying, you know what would be good with this ice cream? But has some buffalo chicken wings right now. <laughs> like no, not, like not one time. Yeah, the, the, not one time. Have I said I want them? I want them together at the same time. Think about when you don't know. That's how they bring it out. You know, let me get the milkshake and the wings, and then it comes out the wings. I don't know what they call it, but apparently, like it's it should be on the NAS T menu. I mean, I don't, I don't get that. Milkshakes don't need no help. Milkshake, you need a straw, and get out the way. That's it. What is that? Miami. Do better. Do, do better. <laughs> Rocky Road with the marshmallows. Miami with the with the with the, with the blue cheese. Uh, no, it has ranch. Christian said he would swap out ranch and put blue. I was like, you would put blue cheese in your milkshake. Blue cheese is nasty. I, <laughs> I can't. I can't do it. With that being said, I will uh we'll step aside. We'll we'll that's gross. Three and out. We're coming right back all across the Southern Pigskin Radio Network.
Good to have you back here on 3 Now. We'll chat with Rich Stiles, host of the Back Nine Boys Golf Show, coming up in just a little bit. A lot going on around the PGA Tour, or should I say the Saudi Tour, as some big names have uh, jumped in to play in London next week, including Dustin Johnson, Sergio Garcia, and could face some backlash from the PGA Tour. Remember, Phil Law said he was going to do it and lost all of his sponsors, couldn't play on the PGA Tour, had a little bit of a suspension. What are you going to do with these guys? Uh, so we'll talk to uh, to Rich Styles about that coming up. But uh, Ben, we talked about it in take three. Falcons go and throw back. Red helmet. Who in the NFL has the best throwbacks, and who do you think should just go with it? Because there's a lot of people that say, hey, the Falcons bring back the red helmets with the black jerseys. Yes. Just nice. leave them. Don't go nice. back. Just leave them. Who's, who in the NFL do you think has the best throwbacks? Obviously, obviously I never got a chance to play uh... – Oh, in the old Oilers uh, uniforms with the Titans, because uh, the Titans, yes, the Titans used to be the Houston Oilers. Never got to play in that that powder blue with the white helmet. I thought that would, I thought those were really really smooth. Kevin and I, ooh, I hate giving this team any credit, but the the throwback Dallas Cowboy uniforms they smooth like because they they got the are there throwback the Dallas Cowboys? like they, they've they, had they the got, same they, uniform. Uh, they, they, got, they got throwbacks. They they, they do have throwbacks. They they, they they do have throwbacks. But I think the best throwback. When I think throwbacks, I I think I think the the now LA. I think the, the old San Diego Charger powder blue. I think those are the best throwback because obviously they you know obviously they bright. You know I mean, and the team is good. Like it, it better when you got throwbacks and the team is good because you know might as well you know, throw them away if you ain't even a good team. But I mean, like I said, the oil the old oilers you know uh, using oilers. The old Dallas Cowboy throwbacks are nice when they got the they kind of got the white sleeves like the blue. Like underneath, and I just think that. But for me, it's the powder blue charges. I just think that they are some of uh, the best. They know they are the best throwbacks out there because, like I said, man, anytime you look at a team that you're playing against or rooting against, you're like, dude, man, I really, really like those unis, man. So give me the the then San Diego Charger powder blues, Smurf blues, if you will. Those are nice. I uh, I think the Patriots, those old. Uh, you know, Pat, the Patriot uniforms where they actually wore red because they wear what blue and white and kind of silver now. They don't even wear red anymore, right? Uh, the the red Patriots jerseys with the stripes on the shoulder and the Pat, the Patriot on the helmet. Those are, I think, Tom Brady's been around so long. I think he might have actually worn one of those. Uh, did he wear one of those, or had they switched to that new age uh, deal they have going on now? I'm trying to think. Did he? Because Drew Bledsoe, not was yeah, Drew Bledsoe. And then I, I, no, Tom no, no, Brady was after him. No, Tom Brady, I think Tom Brady did, did, did wear it before. When he first came in, were they still wearing the pant, the Patriots? Yeah, yeah, I, yes, I, yes. I, I, I like those. I'm not a fan of the Patriots, but those were nice. They give you that nostalgia feel. I mean, of course you get like the Green Bay Packers. They wear the same thing over and over. I will say this, the and people don't like them. They're just different. I, I'm glad they don't wear them all the time, but those uh, Steelers uniforms with like the the stripes, oh, yeah. and the, oh, yeah. they, they look like bumblebees. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. They just... I, they they look they look weird. My second favorite one after the, if I didn't say the page, my second favorite one would be the the Denver Broncos with the lighter blue yes. and that that powder blue helmet with the D and the 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 Bronco jumping out of the uh, of the D. I th- those are the John Elways. Like when you first start watching uh, John Elway, that's what I think of. It's the, the the old old school Denver. They didn't wear navy blue. It was you know you had the powder blues with some orange on it. 
That's I mean, the that's I mean, the ones I, mean, I like. Got, I mean, now, now, I mean, hey, I think they should wear those all the time. I but will that's say me. this. Now they're not a good team, but you don't De- have to be good to win okay, the uniform well, De- game, De- right? Detroit got some. I mean, because Detroit had this, they had this. It's like a plain looking, just all blue, and they had they had like the 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 gray numbers. Like I kind I kind of like it when they used to wear those as well. But I mean, I, I can't stand the fact that I'm giving the Dallas Cowboys any type of love. That the I'm Dallas trying hard to think. You're gonna have to look it up and show me. Hold on. What what you're talking about? Because the, the Dallas Cowboys, to me, have worn like the same uniform combo for forever. Star helmet, one star on the helmet, blue, white, little silver accents. Dallas Cowboys. Let me see. Here. Like, remember that? What's that movie with? Uh, oh, that's them. Oh, with the white helmet. Yeah. Is, is that a throwback or just uh, an alternate? That's, that's a throwback. That's that's a throwback. Those anyway. aren't bad. Yeah, those aren't bad. Now, but and these are the these are the, hold on. They should be on here. Then, oh, oh yeah, no, no, the Houston Oilers ones are nice. I, I, I agree with you there. I, I gotta say, they're, I think Tennessee. Ooh, that's gonna be nice. Oh yeah, the Falcons. I think Tennessee has taken a regression. Yeah, in they, the they, uniform they, they, they game, they're they, they're not good. Like everybody in the uniform department, they just done gave up. <laughs> just done, well, there's I mean, certain teams are trying to get it right. Tennessee's one of those. They're trying hard and they keep somehow making it worse. That's all I'm gonna say. Your Tennessee Titans, Ben. Yeah, I mean, oh, see, boom, see, they go to Detroit one. See, I just, oh, just plain Jane. Uh, just play, oh, is, is that Calvin Johnson? Right? <laughs> Nothing says winning like. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry if there's Detroit fans out there. There's a Herman Moore, Barry Sanders. Uh, you know, uh, I mean, they've had so Matthew many good Stafford, players. Calvin Johnson. May God bless you. That's got to be like one of the most unexplainable things. Like they've had good players, awful. Like, they can't win. You go to Detroit, it's about collecting a check. That's It can't be much more than that. We got more to come here on 3 Now We'll come back. Rich Styles will join us, host of the Back Nine Boys Golf Show. A lot of shakeup going on out there on the PGA Tour, including some big names playing on the Saudi Tour. Does that mean they can't come back to the PGA Tour? What's the repercussions there? He'll join us next. It's 3 Now on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Good to have you along here on this Thursday. Kevin Thomas, Ben Troop, thanks for making us a part of your day. A lot going on on the PGA Tour, should I say the LIV, the uh, the, the Saudi Tour uh, out there as well. We've been talking about this for a couple of weeks with our next guest, uh, host of the Back Nine Boys Golf Show, who joins us here, Rich Stiles joins us. Rich, welcome. How are you, sir? I'm doing wonderful. How about you guys? Rich, we are doing fantastic, and I just got to say, oh, the irony, right, of uh, Phil getting involved with the Saudi tour, getting a lot of backlash. He pulls his name out, loses all of his sponsors, and everybody thinks, well, this thing is not going to get off the ground. Look at how they just, uh, you know, took Phil uh, out of the limelight. He's not playing on the PGA Tour. His sponsors are gone. And now Dustin Johnson, Sergio uh, Kevin Na, Lee Westwood, who's a former number one. I mean, not all these guys are right now, time and place, you know, top 25 golfers, but Dustin Johnson certainly is. I mean, how big of a blow is that to the PGA Tour that something you might have thought was sitting out there as a non-issue all of a sudden is a big issue once you look at some of the names that are, are playing in this thing? Well, I mean, it is an issue, um, and it's going to be interesting to see how the PGA Tour uh Firms their stand that you've got to make a choice. You've got to either play on our tour or their tour. You can't do both. Uh, but it's also very hard from Dustin's 
uh, point of view um, to turn down $125 million in a contract. Um, I mean, his agent even said he's been contemplating the opportunity off and on, um, and ultimately he decided that uh, with his and his family's best interest, decided to pursue it. Um, Dustin has now lost RBC as one of his main sponsors, and their tournament is coming up soon up in Canada. Uh, Graham McDowell also has lost RBC sponsorship because of the same thing. Uh, I think you're going to see some dissension. But, you know, let's face it, um, how are you going to make from the PGA Tour a $125 million contract uh, it may take you 10, 12, 15, 20 years, and he can do it right off the bat. It's going to be hard to turn down. The Saudis are throwing money, and some of these guys are saying, okay, I'm I'm there. I'll be there. And, and Rich, to follow up on that, uh, you know, big names, Sergio, Dustin John, obviously the PJ Tour wants him there, but you mentioned $125 million. That's not – like what the PGA Tour does, where, hey, you can come play, and if you win, you could win a million bucks here. You could win right. whatever here. That's $125 million if you finish dead last for him to, to, to come up. And I think somebody said, correct me if I'm wrong, but they said $125 million, that's more than Tiger Woods has made on tour in his career that you're guaranteeing uh, Dustin Johnson. Uh, so sponsors be darned, I, I guess, in, in that situation uh, where you're offering up that kind of money to, uh, to, to some big names. Yeah, I mean, you know, let's say RBC was paying him $3 million a year, whatever it is. I have no idea what the amount is, but it's sure not $125 million. Um, Hudson Swafford uh, from Sea Island is also committed to going on the tour, and uh, I overheard that, uh, that, that, that he was being uh, paid $10 million. Um, and, uh, you know, Hud's a great golfer. He's won some on the PGA Tour. Uh, but, but, again, this is setting himself up and his family – uh, for life. So uh, that's really hard to turn down because in the PGA Tour, you have the opportunity to earn it depending upon how you play and if you win. And all of a sudden here, you're going to get a lot of money um, and everybody's going to get paid a lot of money because there's only going to be 48 spots. 42 of those spots have already been filled. Five of those last remaining six are going to be filled by the Asian Tour depending upon how they finish. And then that one last spot, they're holding it out. It could go to Phil. We just don't know yet. He's still got some time by the end of the week to make a full commitment. And, Rich, I mean, as you mentioned, $125 million to a guy like Dustin, I mean, the guy like Dustin Johnson, even, even the other guys, you know, like Sergio, you know, Garcia, you know, Ian, you know, Pusher. I mean, you talk about uh, Kevin Nye. What 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 where was the biggest disconnect when you talk about the PGA Tour? Obviously, they said, "Look, man. Obviously, you you guys have some level of loyalty to us, but they got to know that they can't compete with that much money, right?" Oh, they do. Um, but again, the tour has made it uh, you know very very clear that members who violate the tournament regulations are subject to disciplinary action. Uh, what that disciplinary action, I think, is the big question mark what does that mean uh, these guys have committed to play uh, you got a couple of masters winners in charles Swartzel and uh, sergio garcia uh, dustin johnson uh, u.s open graham mcdowell and uh, you know these guys have been you know offered 
huge contracts. Um, and, you know, again, it's hard to turn down. The PGA Tour is not going to go, look, guys, we'll give you $126 million to stay. Um, they're not doing that. So they've got to earn it on the PGA Tour where the LIV is giving him contracts with a lot of money. And, 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 and Rich, obviously you talk about the repercussions of, of that, and you could say, you know, I've heard everything from would it be a year ban, a two-year ban uh, from the PGA Tour uh, to do that, but obviously the PGA Tour is not in charge of the Masters. They're not in charge of the, the U.S. Open. They're not in charge of the, uh, the, the U.S. Open or the British Open. Uh, I, I, from getting $125 million, is it inconceivable that Dustin Johnson could do that and still play in the Masters? Uh, British Open. Uh, I, I mean, what are what is the recourse here? Because you're basically talking about sponsors and money you could earn, as you said, versus money that's already going to be given to them. Well, let's be honest. 125 million. Who cares about sponsors? I mean, you know, they could go play for whatever club manufacturer they want to. Um, you know, there's no the loyalty is their deposit slips at this point. Um, they don't have to go play. Um, you know, I mean, I saw something the other day that said that, you know, Tiger Woods was offered $200 million, uh, not even to play, just to show up and wave at people. Um, you know, that's not true, but, you know, that's a joke that's going around. But, you know, it's, it's, it's very hard for the PGA Tour, and so you sit out a year. You sit out two years. You come back. You start doing it all over again. Still gets to go and play the Masters. Um, so, you know, at this point, he loses a couple of sponsors. That's okay because he's got 125 million in the bank. And what? And what? Uh, how? How swiftly, uh, Rich? Do you think the PGA uh, is going to have to come out and have these uh, disciplines coming out on these guys? Because you know everybody's watching. You got the guys who show loyalty. Because I'm pretty sure just because we see these names, there was more names that was probably offered and said, "Okay, I don't want to deal with the repercussions of what the PGA Tour could do to me." But as you mentioned. You know, they, the PGA said, look, it's going to be some uh, – They're gonna, you're going to get disciplined. How soon do you think they got to make a decision? And a guy like Dustin Johnson, being such a big name, as you mentioned, can still play in the Masters, how many years or how many tournaments do you think the PGA kind of said, look, we're going to ban you from this many, even though they only control one of them? I think they've got to make a quick response. I mean, the longer they let it go, the more players, without knowing what the response of the tour is going to be, may go to the LIV um, for the next tournament. Maybe they're not going to be in London, but there's you know more tournaments that they've got on their schedule for this year and more being planned over the next two and three and four years with the money going up every year. I think the tour has got to take a stand. They've already drawn the line and said, you can't play on both. You've got to make a decision. And the quicker they make the response, I think the better off they're going to be. Otherwise, I think we're going to see more guys who will not have the opportunity over the next five to ten years to make this kind of money who are going to have the opportunity to get these contracts or these guaranteed money from the LIV tour. Um, and it's just going to create a momentum towards the LIV rather than the PGA Tour. Uh, Rich, Rich Styles, host of the Back Nine Boys Golf Show, joining us. Rich, I, I, to me, this story is so fascinating because, as you said, we talked about it with Phil, and Phil caught a lot of backlash because of the Saudis and what they do, uh, obviously, in the world that people find, uh, you know, heinous and, and things of that nature. And yep. Phil, ba- 
Phil backed off of that and 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 moved on. Lost all of his sponsors. Couldn't play. And then Jack Nicholas comes out and says, "Hey, they offered me a hundred million to be kind of like the the commissioner of this thing. Not doing it." You had a whole bunch of guys come out and pledge loyalty to the PGA Tour, and then boom, Dustin Johnson, first time out, is in this thing. A former you know major winner, number one player in the world, Sergio. You have big name guys who two months ago were right there saying, yeah, Phil shouldn't have done that. And now it seems kind of like the dam has burst here. It's like, well, these guys are doing it. I mean, do you think there will be public outrage? Not that the guys are making the money, but maybe they sold their their soul for the money uh, for some guys running a tour that maybe uh, do things that, that, that a lot of people find morally reprehensible. Well, I think, you know, that definitely that is going to be a factor and i think you have to look at the morality you have to look at the the fact of why they're making the decisions they're they're all coming back saying you know with his family it's the best interest of me at this time to you know take a look at this to consider going on the liv tour to take their money um but in the long run you got to look at the end result i mean what is this going to do to your legacy uh, how is it going to help my family? Obviously, money always helps in a situation like this. It just depends on how strong your feeling is over what is going on over in uh, Saudi Arabia. And, uh, you know, how do you feel about what's happened? Uh, and does money cover that up? And is there enough money to cover that up? For some guys, they have made that stand that, you know, there's not enough money for me to even consider it. Um, Rory McIlroy, who is, you know, part of the PGA Tour committee, said, I'm not that impressed by the field. Well, you know, he may not be, but there's others that may be. So I think the end result is how do they really feel about what's going on with the LIV and the Saudis, and does that really take into effect on the bottom line for your true faith and your uh you know credibility do you just overlook that and say i'm just gonna go i'm gonna take the money and go play well rich i mean what two months ago dustin johnson said oh yeah pga baby all the way yeah yeah and here he is yeah but yeah but that was before 125 million dollars <laughs> but that's my i mean that's my point i mean if i'm the pga tour i mean what's to say if this thing goes off and there's not a huge public backlash regardless of what the pga tour says Right, if there's not a huge public backlash, why don't they just go to Jordan Spieth and say, "Here's ninety million. You don't even have to work for it. Here's nine. I mean, to me, I, I would, to me, that would seem like that's where the PGA Tour has a big problem on their hands, simply because it's guaranteed money. Where obviously the PGA Tour is not. You have to go work for it. Yeah, I mean, you're exactly right. I mean, they're the Saudis are throwing money uh, with Greg Norman at the helm, throwing money to uh, players all over the world. Um, and it's going to, uh, you know, deposit into their banks, and they don't have to play, but they're, they're going to, and they'll even make more money. Um, so the PGA Tour, I think, is in a position in this boxing match that they have been in where it looks like it's been outside the ring is starting to now go on into round one. We could already be in, you know, round two at this point inside the ring, and the PGA Tour has got to take a stand. They've, they've said they're going to take a stand and draw a line in the sand. Now we're going to have to see, now that they've announced some of the players that are playing, several of which have been on the PGA Tour for a long time, 
what the PGA Tour is going to do and how soon. I think it's got to be very soon, definitely not much later. Yeah, Rich, and again, where do you think the disconnect or the – I mean, it's easy to say it's just money, but we also saw Sergio Garcia say, hey, I can't wait to get away from this thing uh, and all that. Just today, the PGA Tour saw it right before you came on where Hideki Matsuyama gets dis, uh, you know disqualified from a tournament – Yep. For an, a non-conforming club, which, from what I understand, had some kind of marking on the club face. I mean, is this the kind of stuff that people are going, "What, what are we doing?" And then you're having a uh, a league literally come in and say, "You don't need to even put up with all that. We'll just pay you to come out and play." I mean, where's the disconnect? You think from guys on the PGA Tour that they would want to get out of there? Well, the, the disconnect. Yes, it does come down to money, but the disconnect is, hey, we just want you to come and play, and we're going to pay you this to come and play, and then you're going to earn even more, where the PGA Tour is saying we are who we are, and they are a separate entity. Um, I mean, they're a monopoly. That, monopoly may not be the word, but, you know, they are the PGA Tour, and um, it's run this way. It's been run this way. There's a lot of money out there on the PGA Tour, but you've got to earn it. Here with the Saudis, you don't even have to earn it. They're just throwing money out there. And unfortunately, some players, 42 so far, are making decisions to go play for the money despite all the side effects from the Saudis and this LIV tour that is coming out. I mean, it's it's a really tough situation uh, from the families from the golfer's standpoint, from their agent standpoint, because remember, the agents get a percentage, too, of these contracts, so it's huge for them as well. So everybody's kind of looking at it. Yes, it's good for your family. Heck, I could retire, you know, five years from now with more money than I could have earned on the tour in 15 or 20. That's going to be a fascinating story uh, to follow. Rich Stiles, host of the Back Nine Boys Golf Show, our guest. Rich, appreciate it. All right, guys, thanks. Rich Stiles, and you can hear him Saturday and Sunday mornings at 8 a.m. And then I know, as someone who's not, uh, you know, you're not in and out of it every week on the uh, on the golf tour, but you see that where, hey, I'm the PGA Tour. Our our kind of niche is, hey, you show up on Thursday and Friday, you earn it to the weekend, you make the weekend, you're going to get paid something. The higher you finish, the more money you wait, you make, but it's on your game. Now you're being outbid by guys who are saying, hey, Dustin Johnson, you're one of the best in the world. Here's 125 million. What about if I finish last? Don't care. Be there and play. I, I, to me, if there's not a big public backlash like there was with Phil over these guys doing it, I think more guys will jump over and do it. Because, I mean, would you take the guaranteed payday over, I got to perform to get it. I think most people would lean towards the guaranteed payday. Yeah, Kevin, and, and, and look, and can you blame them? I'm like, I, I, th- I, th- I will say this. People are going to get into the moral aspect of things, this and the third, but you've never also been offered $125 million, like you said, I mean that that definitely puts things in perspective. Ten million is a lot. One hundred twenty-five million—that's a lifetime. I mean, I can't blame these guys. And I think somebody said that is more than Tiger earned on the tour. Like, on, like actually, obviously, Tiger earned a lot of weight, but that's more than Tiger earned on the tour. They're giving it to him just to show up. That's three and out. Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Good to have you along here on Three and Out. Good chatting with Rich Styles, host of the Back Nine Boys Golf Show, and again, I. Ben, you and I were talking. We got about thirty seconds. This is to, to me the the PJ Tour is going to be an interesting watch because yeah. nobody's talking about it now. There was huge outrage when Phil was going to do this, and now you have—I mean, huge outrage—and now you have guys who have just jumped right on over. 
and uh, and taking the money. I'm not listen, I'm not going to try to jump all over Dustin Johnson and what he believes and things of that nature. He could be against one thing and take the money. And for those of you people who are saying that wouldn't be me, get off with $125 million, <laughs> then we can have that conversation. <laughs> yeah. Let him lay $125 mil in front of you and say. $125K. Yeah. Some of y'all go. We'll come back. Final hour, three and out. Final hour of three and out on this Thursday. Kevin Thomas, Ben Troop, Braves and Rockies coming up later tonight. We'll talk about that coming up in just a little bit. The SEC meetings in Destin. What do we know about potential scheduling out there? What will we know about an NIL policy? A lot of talk about trying to come up with a policy just for the SEC. Don't know if we're going to have anything concrete, but we'll talk about that coming up in just a little bit. But Ben... I, I had to bring this up because as a a player, you might have a different perspective than me. Maybe you don't. I, I, I don't know. But I saw the, you know, a lot of things happen every day in the world of sports. And, you know, people come and go. And today, Alex Mack retired, former Atlanta Falcons center. A member of that Super Bowl team uh, with Matt Ryan that went to the Super Bowl. I won't rehash how that game went, Falcons fans. You have suffered enough. But Alex Mack retires. Saw some posts out there saying, man, people need to appreciate Alex Mack. An all-time Falcons great. All-time. Right up there with guys like Jeff Van Note and others who have played along that, that Falcons offensive line. Went to the Super Bowl. Played the Super Bowl with a fractured leg. All right, that's, that right there is stuff of, of legendary tales. But, Ben, are you an all-time great if you're Alex Mack? You played 13 years in the league, five of those. Just five were with the Atlanta Falcons. Now, they were very good years. You, at various points during your Falcons tenure, were the best center in the league. Do you consider Alex Mack an all-time Falcon? No. And I love, and I love Alex Mack. I, think, I mean, he was, was he an integral part of the team? Yes. Was he a key piece? Yes. But, Kevin, when we think of, when we think of Atlanta Falcons greats, I don't think I'm going to ever get to Alex Mack. That doesn't mean he wasn't a key contributor. Now, when you start saying – you, you, when you start saying Atlanta greats, I mean Atlanta Falcons greats, we talking about guys that brought something different to the franchise, like Jesse Tucker, right? A lifer, Matty Ice, right? Look, Michael Vick. Yeah, I was gonna say, is Michael Vick an he, all-time he, Falcons? He is, because Kevin, this this is what Michael Vick did, right? I know he he was a different type of player. Did no, no, he no, play? I'm, did I'm, he I'm, play I'm, long I'm, enough to be an yeah, all-time yeah, great? Yes, because I'm, I'm gonna tell you why. Didn't go to a Super Bowl, right? Did go to an NFC Championship game. He played with the Falcons for eight years. Yeah, yes, Kevin, because this is the thing, right? There are certain players, like, they make you watch the Falcons. Before, when Michael, you know, when Michael Vick wasn't with the Falcons, you're just watching them just because. Him, he was an exciting player. He was an incredible player. He was the number one overall pick. And sometimes when you're the number one overall pick, it's hard to live up to the billing. But I would say yes. Now, is Michael Vick a better, be, is Michael Vick a better player than Matty Ice? No. Matty Ice? Falcons great. Uh, Roddy White, Falcons great. Uh, Julio Jones, Falcons great. Right? Matt, Alex Mack, I think what happens is, right, we start looking at the team they was on. Not, And obviously he was a, a really, really good player. Yes. Really, really good. Re, I think like a seven-time player. Really, really good player. And this is no offense to Alex Mack. If Alex Mack wasn't on that Falcons team, do they still go to the Super Bowl? They probably do. When you look at the season that that offense was having, Alex Mack was an listen, man. Alex Mack was an incredible player. It's like this: Roddy White went into the Atlanta Falcons Hall of Fame. 
I think it was uh I think uh Mike Jenkins and uh, uh Matt, uh, Matty Ice like welcome him in. If Alex Mack got welcome in, people gonna be like, what? Not not saying listen, and like I want to say this, not to say Alex Mack wasn't an incredible player. He was, but you but you spent the bulk of your years not on the Falcons. I spent you spent five years on the Falcons. You had a thirteen year career, so most of your time was with the Cleveland Browns. So for me, I, I appreciate Alex Mack. I appreciate what he meant to the Falcons. We was there was an incredible player when he was there, but to me. Alex Mack was not a better player at his time with the Falcons than uh, Michael Burner Turner was. When Michael Burner Turner came to the Falcons, he was a key contributor. He was an incredible player. Now they go to Super Bowl. So, so he played long enough to be a Falcons legend. Falcons great. No, no, no. Michael Turner's. No, whoa, whoa. Now Michael Turner. That, 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 I think I, now. I'm that, just trying to find I, a line I, of I, demarcation I, I, here. I, I, That's I, all. I would, I would say yes for Michael Turner, Kevin, because the thing is this, right? When you start threatening, I don't. I, is Michael Turner the all-time leading rusher in um? Falcons history is either him. He's, he's up there. I see one or two. Or Jamal Anderson or something, something, somebody like that. I would say yes because Michael Turner had all proceeds. So not only was he the great, he was considered the best player at his position when he was with the Falcons. He was because Kevin. This what I will say. This take that one year away from Devonta Freeman. What has the Falcons run the game been since? No, I get you. I, I, I understand Mike, that. I, listen, Michael Bernard Turner. Yes. Uh, uh, Julio Jones, yes. Uh, Roddy White, yes. I, 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 no, no, no. Whoa, whoa. I would say this. Hey, Tony Gonzalez, yes. When Tony Gonzalez was with the fight, I'm going to take Kevin. No, no. I mean, oh, Tony, oh. Gonzalez, Tony Gonzalez may be the best tight end oh, or second best. Kevin. Okay, but uh, all-time, fa- like, when I think Tony Gonzalez, and I love Tony Gonzalez, I don't think Falcons, man. I think I think oh, Kansas City. So City. it's like, I don't know if I put him in as a Falcons legend. You're putting Tony Gonzalez as a Falcons list. I'm going to go. I'm, I, you know I have to give I, you know, I, 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 I see Ben reaching back for the baby powder, and I'm about to duck. But I'm just, look. <laughs> no, 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 no. Because I, I'm just saying, I'm, I think I'm, he was good, but he was at the end of his career. I don't know if he, if I would consider him a all-timer Atlanta Falcon. I'm, I'm, I'm Maybe that to, says more about the Atlanta Falcons, that he would be an all-timer having played so long for another team. I mean, he did. He did. All right. I, 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 I will, I'm going to go to the numbers when he was with the well, Falcons. All right, while you look it one, up. One, two, three, four, five. So he, when he was, he was with the Falcons for... Five years he had. I'm just looking at the catches here. Oh yeah, I might. Yeah, I might be 83, 70, 80. I'm again. 80. Oh, you know what? Hold on, don't hold on. don't hate the messenger. I'm I, just I, saying. I, I will say this. I will, you no no. You're right. You're right. Let me let me let me. He's uh, a great player. Yeah, Is he all time Falcon? No, I don't know. No, no. I'm sorry. He's not. He, I'm sorry. He was a great player, but that was the totality of it. You're right. Tony G. Is Shannon Sharp a Ravens Hall of Famer? No. no. I was like, so he's right, an all time Bronco. That's I, all I'm, I'm saying. Say, I'm gonna say this. You are more of an all-timer when you with the team you play with the longest because you got a chance to make the great impact. So I will say this: I jumped the gun with Tony G. That's my all right. Let me look. give you another one then, because boy, I might I might have to really duck. <laughs> Deion Sanders played for the Falcons for four years. Yeah, played for the Cowboys for four years. Yeah, and nobody else longer than that. Yeah, would you consider? I know he's the best to ever do it, according to BJ yeah. Bennett. Would you consider Deion Sanders an all-time? Atlanta Falcon? Yes. After only just playing four seasons. Okay, I mean, nah, that's nah, fine. Nah, I, nah, I'm nah, just nah, trying. Nah, nah. But, but, but like, hold on. But this thing about Deion, he is, he is the exception to the rule because, once again, once again, there are certain, like my, like like I said, Michael Vick is not a better player than Matty Ice. They're both Falcons legends. I think that when you talk about a guy like Deion, it's what he meant to the freaking organization. Sure. And I know he went on to become, I, I, I realize what he went on to become. But this is the thing, Kevin. Yes, I think he is an all-time great. I think free agency killed, you know, the fact that, you know, they just couldn't afford to pay him. But yeah, sure, I, 
I'm just like you said. He's the one. Now, Dion is the one that played the shortest amount of time with the Falcons, but he is. Now, Tony G, all right, boom. I do think Michael Bernard Turner, I think he is. I just think that you're right. With a guy like Alex Mack, he's in that Tony Gonzalez category, but I do think, I think that, uh, I think that, uh, because prime time. I know, but I'm saying, I, all I'm trying to do is find out kind of that line because, as you know, we in today's society, we like opening petting zoos around all these teams with how many goats and beasts <laughs> that were out there, right? So if you're yeah. going to say I'm an all time legendary Falcon and you played for four years, you were on one of the few Falcons teams, Alex Mack, I don't consider you a legend. Yeah. You, are very, right. you are a very good player who happened to play in Atlanta for a minute. That's it. I, and that's not disparaging. I'm saying if you're going to talk about all-time legendary play, Matt Ryan, yes. Yes. I, I, no question. Had yes. the longevity, had the stats, had yes. all that. I think Deion Sanders is close. Yeah. If you're talking about Falcons, I mean, four years? Yeah. I mean, he it's, played longer it, with D, other D, teams. Deion's De, De, is more of a, a prestige and aura. That is Deion Sanders. I get it. I get it. No, no, no. But, but, I, but, look, look, but could you make the argument that he is not? And the answer is yes. Like, it could be a yes and a no for Dion, because you wouldn't be wrong. But I just think when you, I just think Dion meant so much to that city. To, to and I get it because I think I would give you leeway with Michael Vick. I was just bringing it up and say, hey, Michael Vick, he made the Atlanta Falcons what they were because of who he was, yeah. how he played, yeah. and what he brought to the table on the football field. Now, Falcons never had back-to-back winning seasons. With Michael Vick, no. But is he a all-time Falcons great? I think you, I, I think you could put him in that category because of the transformational player that he was around the league. Yes, Tony G. I'm sorry, I no, love right, Tony no, Gonzalez. Right, right, I can't no, do no, it. No, no, you're right. You're right. I Tony, do not Tony think G. Falcons legend when Tony I think Tony Gonzalez. This is what I would say. Uh, uh, Deion Sanders, because like you said, the talent that he was. Michael Vick, because of the talent that he was and what he did for the franchise. I, I could say Michael Bernard Turner because of the production that he gave you. Because four years uh, behind Ladainian Thompson <clears throat> signed a big deal to come to Atlanta. People are like what? And you see his production, right? Alex Mack, no. Because I think what happens is Kevin. You know, guys are gonna have good seasons. They're gonna probably have you know some good, some good, you know, some good production. But not what, not what Michael Vick just. Michael Vick was the face of the franchise, and he only stopped playing because of what he was doing. I get doing, it, yeah. Right? Uh, and uh, Matty Ice gave you a Super Bowl, gave you a regular season MVP. Julio's Julio. Roddy is Roddy. Uh, even though Roddy and uh, Julio both play with uh, Tony Gonzalez, I don't think Tony Gonzalez But I, But I think Roddy White played with the Falcons long enough yeah. where he had the he longevity. Was a life, he was a and, yeah, I, so I, I think to me, if you want to be a Glossom with a legend, I'm just simply trying to say, Ben, you know what I'm we Everybody can't be a legend. Facts. Right? You know, we can't walk around. Oh, I played oh, two years. Right. No, no, no. I played you, two you, years you are, for the Falcons. Are, I'm a legend. You are definitely right. You, I was like, because the thing about it is this. I will say this. Hall of Fame and legendary status, when it comes to teams, I put them in the same category. Like, I, I, I can say, can you talk about the Falcons without talking about the – no. Yeah, I think can that's Can you fair. talk about what I'm talking about Alex Mack? Yes. Can you talk about what I'm talking about Tony Gonzalez? Yes, because now, you know who is a Falcons legend at tight end? That would be Algie Crumpler. Now, he yeah, I, 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 have no, I have no problem with so, that. So, so, so that, and you're right. That's why we talk it out. That's why we talk it out. I'm not diminishing Tony Gonzalez so I, as a player. So, what – I, I, it's like this. If you cannot talk about a team without talking about a player, they they probably had some some level of <laughs> some level of Tony G. No, right. And I and I think what happens is we do get caught up in the moment. Devin has to play for the Falcons, and Actually, that's it, all I'm saying. I just oh, saw yeah. people tweet. He's like, "Hey, Alex no. Matt retired, legendary no. Falcon." I'm like, "No, 
was let, he? Let, I mean, was he let, legendary? No, like, or was he legend. just a good? I mean, he was uh, a great uh, player. Here's but the thought. Here's the thought. If I say Alex Mack in the five, people gonna say who was that? Exactly. No, I mean, I, I, I can't. And that's not his fault. But he was an no. All-Pro center. He was not, the best in the league. But he he's not legendary Falcons he's not, player. He's not. I, I don't. I don't know if the Falcons have a legendary center, but it ain't gonna be Alex Mack because even though he was an incredible player, at the end of the day, when it come to Falcons greats. It's a name, and you say yeah or nay. If you got to think about it, he is not. Yeah. And, 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 and like I said, a bunch of good players came through with the Falcons, right? Yeah. Vic Beasley. Nope, because he had one. Yeah. No. Rasheed Wallace, legendary Falcon. I mean, Hawk. Excuse me. Rasheed. I mean, I mean Carmelo Luka, Anthony. Luka, legendary. Luka Doncic, legendary. Uh, Anthony, Luka. Legendary Hawk. <laughs> Joey Bass, legendary brain. I, mean, I mean, the way we're going, like, do you claim Vince Carter? I mean, like, Josh God. Donaldson, like, legendary brain. Yeah. No, 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 no. no. Vince but, Carter, he played but, the last three years with the Hawks. But you know what? You're you right, though, Kevin, because, look. This is about what you did with the time you had with the with the with the with the Falcons. Not, hey man, he was already a good player. He benefited from a good offense or a good defense. No, no. I, I, again, people say that you're like, what do you mean? I'm not saying Alex Mack was not a great player. I'm saying don't put him up there in like the Falcons Ring of Honor. Like, come on, he played if he, what, if five, five seasons. If he's gonna sign a one day contract, <laughs> it's not gonna be with the Falcons. It's probably gonna be with the Browns. Let's just yeah, call it what it like, is. He had five really good seasons with the Falcons. Frank Gore and that's played good. Like 30, 30, 15 franchises. He, he retired today. <laughs> he, he signed was, a one-year deal. He, he signed a, with who? The Samson 49ers. Well, out of everybody he played with. Yeah. So, I think that's probably fair. It is. That's what he spent the most time with. Yeah, I mean, is Frank Gore a legendary player on like 18 teams? <laughs> uh, Frank, <laughs> yeah. Frank, Gore, Frank, listen, Frank Gore had a – and I was great. He had a legendary career. Yeah. I don't know if he was a legendary I mean, player. I just say, like, with certain guys – and again, that's why I use the Shannon Sharp career. Shannon Sharp, legendary Denver Bronco. What he did out there in Denver was amazing. Him and John Elway, what he did with the Broncos. Was he good with the Ravens? Of course he was. Is he a legendary Ravens player? No. I don't I, I wouldn't say so. No, he's not. He, that, he had, that's, again, he, people he, he, you he, say he, that and you go, Oh, you're hating on No, I'm not. Shannon Sharp, great. Maybe the maybe the best tight end to do it. I think you could put him up there with, what is it? What, what, with, with him and, and Tony Gonzalez. Oh and, yeah. Uh, I just forgot uh, the, tie, the 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 GM for the Ravens for a long time who played oh, tight end for Ozzy Newsom. Ozzy Newsom. Those three guys might be yeah. the best three to ever do. It. No, no, no. So but, I mean, but, 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 but it doesn't but, mean but, they were legendary. But the whole thing about it's like baseball. If I play a long time and I end up having a pretty good career, does it make me a Hall of Famer? Could be, could be not. Because you're gonna look at what was the impact. Frank Gore played a long time. You know how I many first team All Pros he had? Zero. <laughs> Think about that. He cashed them checks, though. That's sixty thousand yards is a lot of yards, though. So congratulations to him on a hell of a career. Congratulations to Alex Mack on a hell of a career. Love you, Alex Mack. You are not a legendary Falcon. And whoever <laughs> said, hey, people mean different things to different people. But when I think of Alex Mack, I think thank you for the contributions. He will not be going up into the Falcons ring of honor. I guarantee it. <laughs> That's all. That's all. That's all, that's all it's like you know. Hey, I see Russell Wilson when I when I look over there at the quarterback situation in Atlanta. It's like, come on, oh, yeah. man. Desmond Desmond Ritter. Oh Desmond my God. Ritter. I, when I saw him, I said, "Russ." Kind of reminds me Desmond. of Russell Wilson. No, I, I, again, we are quick to hand out the accolades. When I first got I was, to Florida, they gave me number eighty-eight. You know who wore eighty-eight? Aaron Kenny. I said, "If y'all don't give me eighty-four right now, because I am not finna look nothing like you." Who was eighty-four? It's nobody at the point at that, at that time. Let me get it. And I and, got they, and they didn't give it to you. No, they, they did. did. They, okay. I, they, it was right before we did uh 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 like a like a fan day. Let me put on that eighty. I had eighty. Let me get the eighty four. Let's do it. But like we don't. We, I'm, I'm not. So you running. had the same number for the whole time in Florida. Uh yeah, I had eighty four the whole time. And I, and, and what did I you did, wear in high school? Was eighty four? You played. You played. You wore because you said you were. I, a, I, 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 no, I wore eighty four. You what safety? No, you no, play no. safety in DN or yeah, something? Yeah, I, yeah. So what what happened was, I mean, you know, uh, not not to put wearing eighty four. 
Hey, I was a good overfield tackler. Usually, <laughs> usually I, I was good at chasing people and running them. To, come here. But, <laughs> but at the same time, wore 84 in high school, wore 84 in college, wore 86, and I, I wore eight, and I wore 84 in the process. So I wore 84 for three years with the Titans. I wore 86 my uh, my rookie year. I wore 83 when I was with the uh, Bucks, and I wore uh, 88 again when I was uh, with the Raiders. But I did a trifecta. I did the 84, 84, and 84. That was that was because of. I, I was just saying, there's not many guys that get to do that. No, I no, think. no, 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 especially not with you know. What was it about '84? Is that just like freshman year? They Sharon said he would put this on, or no? no you did? Sharon, okay, Sharon, that's fine. Sharp, like, but like, you I, weren't a tight end at, in high school necessarily. I was. I was. I mean, but, I, I, well, what it was is, but you were more. You said you've told us before you played better on defense than you did offensively well, in, in yeah, high school. Yeah, yeah, so that's what I'm saying. No, no, but '84 be kind of like a weird. But what happened was, what happened was, you know, you start talking about you know. I know we're way off subject here, but this is fascinating. Your body start feeling right, and I ain't gonna lie to you. When I didn't play football my freshman year, and they wanted it all that JV, the, the the Butler High School JV team wanted it all, two thousand. I mean, uh, 96. 97, 97, 98 uh, school year, sophomore year, they put me on JV, and they were like, you know, and they said, okay, you gonna play tight end? I, this thing, I play tight end, I play kicker, <laughs> and I play punter. I was a kicker and a punter. How was the kicking? The, the kicking was on days I felt good. I, I could launch that thing. <laughs> and certain days the things get real line driving. <laughs> but what happens is, when they finally moved me to tight end for real, like my, you know, I'm like, well, dude, because I didn't know what it was. Like, what's the tight end? Like, what is that? And I'm like, okay, big receiver, I got it. Boom. Then I just and I just kept wearing 84, or whatever. And the thing about it is, is they put me more on offense. Like they said, okay, what can you best serve us? Offense. So I didn't play. So what happens is they put me on defense. Sometimes they put me at safety or whatever. Because wearing eighty four, yeah. Listen, they, they, when I tell you that running back break through the line quickly, like, ah, and I get low. And I, I was good at, I was good at giving, I was good at not giving running backs a two way go. I would like stand on one side and force I, I just understood angles because I knew if he get by me, it's it's six. I can't, I can't catch him. Shout to Terrence Edwards who was playing for Washington County. I played against him in high school, and my God, that kid, that he was playing quarterback. <laughs> so all I'm saying is, for me, the tight end position, what it, what it is. Now, it wasn't like that when I was playing it because you had certain guys that was just athletic, more athletic than all the other guys. Most tight ends were what it was. He wore an 80 number. He catch passes now and again. And it's very, very forgettable. But when we was coming out, man, they were starting to really, like, like use the tight end more, like what Kyle Pitts and, and Travis Kelsey and Darren Walker. What it is now is guys are saying, hey, dude, I want one of those. It's not, oh, that, that kid is athletic. He's tall. He's big. So, hey, man, but, yeah, I, I did a trifecta, 84, 84, and 84. Randy Moss actually wore 84 at with the Titans, so we wore the same jersey, if you want to call it that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> but, no, I mean, it was, it was cool. I enjoyed it. <laughs> we, got, hey, we got more to come here on this Thursday. SEC meetings going on in Destin. What, what's coming out of this stuff? We'll get to that next. It's 3 and Out, Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Good to have you back here on 3 and Out on this Thursday, SEC meetings. In Destin this week, Ben, obviously a lot of talk about the future schedules when Oklahoma and Texas come in. It would appear as they're headed towards a non-pod system. They didn't officially come out and say it, but a lot of people feel like most of the league will lean toward, hey, give us three permanent opponents, rotate everybody else. If we can play everybody in the league, home and home, over a four-year span, we'll take that. I think that was the uh, overwhelming majority of, look, playing each other more is what we want. The more we can play SEC teams, the better. George, I think uh, even George's AD came out and said, look, the fact that you know our fans come up to me and say, 
How has Texas A&M been in the league this long and Georgia has never been to Kyle Field? Like, never been there. Never been there. And you have certain things like that. It's like, you don't play Alabama. You don't play certain teams very often. I think everybody's in agreement they want to rotate it on more often. And that would give, Ben, if you're an incoming freshman at an SEC school, you stay four years, I'm going to play at Texas. I'm going to play at Oklahoma. I'm going to play at Texas A&M. I'm going to play at Auburn. I'm going to play at Alabama. I'm going to play at, well, maybe not Florida if you go to Georgia because of of Jacksonville. But who knows? Uh, I did see where, uh, was it the... Scott Strick was Scott Strickland. Am I saying that right? He's the AD at Florida, right? Yes. I get, I get that. I want to make sure right because I think Georgia's baseball coach is also Scott Strickland. So I'm trying to make sure. So Scott Strickland at uh, at Florida came out and said, "Hey, we thought about renewing our deal with Jacksonville, and we've put that on hold for a minute until we figure out this schedule." So I think they're good through like 2023 uh, in Jacksonville, and they're like, "We want to see what this schedule looks like in the SEC before we do this." So never say never, but it could wind up at Georgia and Florida. Uh, at some point, Ooh, you know, I, I'm not, well, I'm not trying to feed that. I did not want to open that can of worms today. I'm just saying that was said at the, at the meetings. But as a former player, you got to like the fact that, hey, if I go to an SEC school, I will play at every single stadium in the league during my four years at said school. It's incredible. It's incredible because I, I for those who don't understand how how incredible of a, of a feat that is. I mean, I was at the University of Florida for four years. I never played at Alabama, never played Alabama. Uh, play Arkansas once at Arkansas, uh, and the thing, and when you start when you start thinking about the prestige of playing at these places, right? Never, I mean, we played at Mississippi State my freshman year, but I didn't go, so I did get a chance to play Mississippi State at home. Played Ole Miss once at their place, once at our place. Pretty famous game for you against yeah, Ole yeah, Miss, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, thanks a lot, Eli Manning, for just dropping dimes all game against our defense. But I, I think I think I think that's a great selling point when you're saying, look. You're going to play every team in the SEC in the next four years. Outside of the three teams are going to be part of your, you know, you, you know, your, uh, you got three teams in which you're going to play every single year. But I think that kind of stuff is important. The best game I played in my four years at the University of Florida was my senior year. We played at Arkansas. Why? Because a guy named Titus Peoples, his mom's name was Christine Peoples. She was the pastor of our church, Victor Timber Church. Grew up terrorizing this woman's kitchen, terrorizing this woman's <laughs> refrigerator. But think about this. Two Swainsboro boys. Grew up with each other. Titus would always tell me about how, you know, my dad served as his dad because he grew up without his dad, right? Went to the same. Was there with our usher pins on. We opened up. Convicted Temple was a church that was closed down. We opened it back up in 99. Me, Quentin Bornton, my brother said, when I little usher pins on. <laughs> with, our, with our little uh, white button-up long sleeve, black slacks, with our little funny little color ties just matching. I'm already going to Florida. Titus, is, Titus wins it all in uh, Swainsboro. They won it all in 2001. That's my freshman year. You know, my freshman year of uh, of uh, uh, college. He tells me he's going to he goes to Georgia Military College first two years. I said, man, where you going? He said, I'm going to Arkansas. Right? Then, uh, so we play him. I said, oh, I'm looking at the schedule my senior year. Oh, man, we got him. He tells me all, all, um, all week. They say we you know we call each other cousins, man, because we know each other. I hold it. He was born. He was born July third, eighty two. I was born September first, eighty two. So I, I knew him before I knew me. He said all week. He says, "Hey, hey, Titus, hey, people, TP, man, you gonna be telling your cousin the game plan? I mean, you gonna be telling him what we gonna be doing? We 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 in Arkansas. We in we in uh we in Little Rock. I think we in Little Rock or Fayetteville. I think they got two states. We was the they one do. Other. Like Arkansas is the one of the we, like we, they do uh, play uh, two states. Yeah, we, we, we were in Fayetteville. We were in Fayetteville because he kept saying, "Hey, we been in Little Rock. They would have beat us." <laughs> right? that's, that's what he told 
I come in motion. I come in motion. I'm behind the line. He's sitting there at D tackle, and I'm trying my and, I, and and I'm trying my we ain't, we ain't, I'm not physically going up against him because he's the interior D lineman. I think about if he's at Arkansas, I'm at Florida. We don't play each other because I don't remember all the games. I don't remember, all, but that kind of stuff is. I got to go to Ole Miss with the with the with the freaking uh, with the hotty tidies and the freaking <laughs> uh, in the Grove and all and, that. You know, and the freaking uh, speed limit is 18 miles yeah. an hour. I got I. I regret I wasn't good enough to make the travel squad my freshman to go to Mississippi State without the cowbells. I think about now, if I'm at Florida, you get to see what Texas is really like. I get to see what Oklahoma is really like. That kind of stuff is what makes college college. And I think what it is, Kevin, you're right. It's almost like saying, look, they ain't played each other in what, 10 years? What? Like, so that kind of – when Al- listen, Alabama coming to Florida last year, that's huge. That's Alabama. So I do think, Kevin, it's a step in the right direction because I want I want to know what it would have been like. They, now, Alabama wasn't what it is now. They didn't have Nick Saban back then. Nick Saban was at LSU then, 2003, right? LSU wins the national championship. They lost one game. Who do you think they lost to? Them boys. Freshman, freshman quarterback by the name of Chris Lake. So you are right, Kevin. I do, I do like the fact that because the Texas and the Oklahoma is coming in, you want to say, hey, man, Everybody should get to play each other. I don't know why it took Texas and Oklahoma coming in to get everybody. To play. But I do think that's 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 how it should be. Certain rivalries will get, you know, they will keep them intact, like like the Iron Bowl, like the Egg Bowl, like the cocktail party. You know, uh, what's the one with uh, uh is it uh is it Texas and LSU? What do they call it? Is that is that what it is? What's what is it another? You you said it, you said it on the first segment. Who's who's the other who's the other game to where is it is it? I know you got you got the, you got Florida Georgia you got the, you got the Egg Bowl you got the Iron Bowl is there another they call it do they call it something I know they I know I'm, I'm obviously the, I'm, well I know t- Texas uh, LSU and Arkansas is the Golden Boot the Golden Boot okay yeah yeah, L- yeah. because because what I, because I do think that when you start talking about the, the, what the SEC has and nobody else has is the biggest names and the biggest brands all in one spot. And that's not taking nothing away from Notre Dame, the biggest brand. That's not taking nothing away from Clemson, you know, uh, and North Carolina and, and, and Florida State and Miami and USC. That's not taking nothing. And the Georgia Tech, they don't take nothing away from that. But, Kevin, if somebody goes, hey, Kevin, uh, you know, I'm throwing, I'm throwing uh, an Atlanta Braves Grace party. Who's going to be there? All of them. Name one. Andrew Jones. There. Smokes. There. You know, it's like everybody's there. And you add a Brian Kelly, Right? When you start thinking about the biggest names in sports, they don't get much bigger than Nick, right? Then you got Kirby, you got Brian Kelly, right? You know, I mean, I, even though I would have loved to still had Coach O in this thing, because you think uh, you think Jimbo would have said something about Coach O? Oh, oh, the meetings would have went a little different. He would, you know, you would have like, what's your name? But I'm just saying. So I, I, I like the step. I like the step today. But I would. But this, is the, this is the thing though, Kevin. Was this discussed? Are is the SEC willing to break away? From the NCAA, that might be, and I think those might have been super and, close and, and, meetings. And, I, and obviously, uh, can they come up with a definitive? We know what it is. Rules are on the front of the box. They got this game called NIL. We want to know. Well, they didn't what come out. They didn't come out with anything, but I know they were talking about trying to come up with uh, interconference rules, like, hey, this is the SEC, and this is how we're going to operate. Although that may have been a good talking point because I didn't see anything definitive come out Ben and I think that's one of those where I think from the coaches and maybe even ADs individually they'll publicly come out and say yeah we uh we really got to rein this in and then behind the scenes go uh you know I mean, 
we could take our time coming up with some rules because this seems to be working out where we're able to, to, to do some things. But I thought they might have some kind of NIL policy. I didn't see anything come out yeah. from that. Transfer policy, I think Kirby, they said they talked about it a lot. I thought, I thought Kirby Smart forwarded some nice ideas of having specific windows. Yeah. I don't know that you have to say, hey, this is my window if I'm going to transfer within the SEC. But mm-hmm. I think two windows uh, is enough time for young men to make up their mind if they're going to transfer or not. And it allows the team to know, hey, are you leaving me? Are you going to drag me along for two more months and then leave me? So I, I, I think that, to me, I wish they would have come out with something more on that of the SEC, even if it's the SEC saying, look. Because I think, much like Greg Sankey came out, it's like, well, we will even talk about doing an SEC-only tournament. He knows if the SEC comes out and says, guys, the SEC is going to do two windows for transferring. If you are a current student athlete at an SEC program, by February 1st, or whatever that that window is, Mm -hmm. January 20th to February 1st, you have a week to declare that you are transferring. If you don't do it by then, you have to wait. Then you have a week after after the spring in May where you can say, hey, here's another week. If you don't transfer in this window, that's it. Yeah, I mean. You're staying. And I think if the SEC came out and said that, it would probably take two uh, seconds for a couple other conferences to say, yeah, we're with that as well. Because I think – People don't have a problem with kids transferring. I think it's the unfettered transferring that people have an well, issue and, with. And, and, and they just want to know what they're I, mean, I, I know people don't like coaches coming up with the best ideas, but the coach is saying, look, man, it's a selfish intent, but it's also looking out for the kid. Because, look, I'm trying to give you the best. If there is a window that every kid is leaving and all these other because let me tell you all something right now. If you don't think that other schools are going crazy when these SEC kids are leaving, oh, they are. But, Kevin, if I know it's like a baseball tournament, if I'm scouting the best baseball players in the Southeast, I'm going to the tournament where they all at. I don't have time to go to every single school. This kid, this one here, oh, I mean, we got a kid over here, got a nice slide. We got a kid over here that can hit for power. Are they at the tournament? Yeah. So I can just sit there, watch the games, or we can go. Hey, man, I'm going to go watch these games. And I think that's what it is. Give me a window, right? And I, know, and I know Kirby kind of threw out and said, you're going to do, you know, especially going to be in and out. Coach, you don't decide if I'm in and out of the conference. But that's why I'm saying I don't think, because if I transfer, unless I have something already set up, which you're not supposed to, how do you know you're going from Georgia to Ole Miss or whatever? You know, I'm just throwing that out there. Like, how do you know uh, that if you want to go to Ole Miss, they will take you or vice versa? So I don't think you need to have a conference-specific window. But I, I, I think you do need to have it. We do it for all the other sports when you want to go to the pros, right? Hey, I'm going to put my name in to the NBA draft. Ooh, looks like there's 70 underclassmen in this and, thing and, 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 and only yeah. 70 pit or 76. And, 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 I'm going to come back and, out of this and, thing. And the, and the thing is, too, Kevin, when you think about it. But there's a deadline rule, to do rule, that. Rule, rule, rules are a good thing. I mean, I'm not – because it makes it so that it's kind of like a highlight again. Hey, man, you know, set number of players are transferring. And, you know, maybe, you know, that means these teams say, hey, man, so-and-so's leaving. Instead of, and mind you, that gives the quote non quarterback an opportunity to land somewhere. Quarterbacks are different, man. Quarterbacks gonna have their pick of the litter. They're gonna get inside because they're a dime a dozen. You know, five star quarterbacks, four star quarterbacks, they aren't, ain't that many of them across the nation. But if I am a Jermaine Johnson, that, that things winded up pretty good for him down there at Florida State. If I got a window, I'm not saying I don't go to Florida State. 
But now I, I got I got my pick of the litter again. So, yeah, that is a step in the right direction. Like I said, big-time football, big-time decisions have to be made. You are a big-time player at said school, and you want to leave. You want to give yourself the best opportunity. I got to pick where I went the first time. I kind of want to pick where I go the second time, and I mean pick a school that I want to go to, not the schools that's left. Again, SEC meetings wrap up. Uh, I'll be interested to see what that check looks like because that's usually the highlight of SEC meetings. Uh, there in the spring. No, by the way, you each walk out of here with $60 million or whatever it's going to be. We'll get to more. Come here. It's 3 and Out, Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Welcome back, 3 and Out, on this Thursday. Kevin and Ben here, Braves and Rockies from Denver coming up later tonight, but also game one, Ben, of the NBA Finals, Celtics and Heat. Are we in the middle of a Golden State dynasty? You said, hey, they're already there. But if they get another one, despite all the hate, I know you could say, hey, they, they, they rented Kevin Durant for a couple of years and got some. I know that's the stigma that follows LeBron is, oh, you put together super teams uh, for a couple and, and, and got rings. Is that the stigma that stays with Golden State? Or, is, look, this is a, a dynasty in and of itself. I think it's a dynasty in and of itself. I think that being able to recruit a guy like Kevin Durant shows that you can look at it two ways. They had already won a championship without Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant sure as hell wouldn't have no championships if he did not go to Golden State. You look at what his career has been, uh, you know, outside of Golden State. But, Kevin, I think it is a dynasty. And I don't just throw that out there. You know, uh, Greg Popovich and company had a dynasty. They won five. They did it with different, different players. The Lakers had... Man, three sets of dynasties. When you look at the fact they had the, they had the Showtime Lakers, you know, I mean, with Kareem and Magic, you know, and company. Then they came back with Kobe and Shaq. Then they did it with Kobe uh, without Shaq. You talking about this Golden State team? No one saw this coming. No one saw the likes of Steph, Draymond, and obviously uh, Clay Thompson. All people built through the draft, by the way, with Draymond Green being a second round pick, right? And now I will say this, Kevin. This will be if, if they do win, this will be Steph Curry's fourth. This will be Klay Thompson's fourth. This will be Draymond Green's fourth. This will be Andre Iguodala's. I want I want to say it'll be Andre Iguodala's fourth. I think he won. I think he was with the Golden State won for all those, and he has a Finals MVP. And it, it will be a dynasty, Kevin. And I and Steph Curry, if he gets the four, will be the LeBron James of his era. I I, I can say that safely. He doesn't need the Finals MVP. If he gets a fifth one, would he be a? Above LeBron? Probably. Like, no, like, I'm going to say, I got no, 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 LeBron I mean, physically, I mean, we haven't I mean, seen I mean, a whole I mean, lot like as, that. As, as, as a player, as, as, I don't know, man. It's hard to say that, but <laughs> it, 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 could, it could definitely be that, Kevin, because like I said, it's, it's from the most. I mean, just because you have them yeah, doesn't mean from, you're great. From, I mean, it's from Robert most, Ory's got six, yeah, I think. It's from the most unlikely of sources. If somebody would have said, oh, my God, which, you know, Chicago, they ain't been, good Lord, they ain't been nothing since the last stand. <laughs> I mean, so I, so I, I, just, I just think that, yes, Kevin, and with so many, yes, they brought in Kevin Durant. I'm not saying that. Draymond did call in Kevin Durant. But to keep guys together that long, Draymond, Clay, and Steph might be lifers, man. And and, and Draymond Green might be the smartest player in basketball. Undersized, uh, power forward, small forward, can play, the, can play the three, the four, and the five. And he's the reason why uh, David Green, who was an all-star shot at the University of Florida, had to go on to the Knicks. I mean, because he was an all-star at the time. So, yes, Kevin, I will say, but 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 is this the, is this if the Celtics can win it? Can we be? Can we? Can we, you talk about dynasties? My goodness! And Kevin, you said this. When did we go to state? Is great. 
Winning with the Lakers is everything. Winning with the Celtics, wow. That's that's legendary status because that's Beantown. You know, that's the city of champions. So if 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 Brown and Tatum and Smart and Al Horford and company, if they can get if they can get one, can they be on a run? And now you know Al Horford, he's kind of on that LeBron. He ain't gonna never stop playing. <laughs> ain't mad at him. But yeah, Kevin, if Golden State does, they already got a dynasty. They still they still very very relevant when the, when the Steph and Clay and Draymond are healthy. They hard to beat. But if uh, Tatum and company can get it done, wow, you talk about something really really special on guys that are really really young. So who wins here? Uh, uh, I, I I just think that Steph and Curry they got so much experience. They they understand that they don't got to sweep nobody. They just get better as the game goes on. How do you stop shoot? How do you stop the shooting of Steph and Clay? The the IQ of Draymond. Uh, you know the the role players of Wiggins and Andre Iguodala. You know they got so many guys, man, and they've all done it. They've all been in this position. The, the moment is not too big. I, you know, I think it's gonna go six. I hope it goes seven, but uh, I give me give me Golden State in six. I think it's gonna be a hell of a series. But I just think Steph Curry never seen anything like him shooting the basketball. Game one tonight. We've got game one of the Rockies and the Braves. The Braves out in the Mile High City. We'll get you ready uh, for that when we return. It's three and out on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. On this Thursday, Braves are in the Mile High City. Against the Rockies, Ian Anderson tonight for the Braves. Austin Gomber for the Rockies. He's got a two and five record with a five fifty one ERA. I know it's the Mile High City, but dare I say, opportunity. Ronald Acuna DHing tonight uh, for the Braves will not be out there. The Braves starting a first of uh, four games in Denver coming up. We'll have it for you seven twenty five tonight. It's time to get it's time to get back to basics, Kevin. It's time to start working on this consistency. I know you're always talking about what is the magic number for the Braves. It could be winning three in a row. For, for a confident, <laughs> for a confidence booster for them and for a consistency uh standpoint for them. I mean, I do like the fact that they do got Ron Lacuna Jr. in the lineup, if you want to call it, even though he is the DH. I just think that this Braves team, Kevin, once again, they're on the road. And the Mets way down the road. Now, now you can still see them. You can't see them like you used to can see them. Focus less on catching the match and focus more on handling your business night in and night out. Hopefully, you can put a dent in that ten and a half game. Yeah, I mean ten and a half. It is concerning uh, that again you're in a easier turn of the schedule and you've not made up any ground. That's you actually lost some ground. So ten and a half back of the Mets. Got to go out and and get it get it done tonight. I, I will say now it may not make Ian Anderson and those guys feel better, but if there is a place where your offense can come around, it is Coors Field. It is. The thin air, it's the little bigger ballpark. They're known, runs are known to happen out there in uh, in Coors Field. So maybe this is a jump start for uh, for the Braves. They've had some pretty interesting things happen out there in Coors Field before. So uh, maybe it's an opportunity for them tonight to get something. As Ben said, you only got to win two now to get three in a row. So you win tonight, you win Friday night, and what do we call that? A winning streak. Let's go right. on. <laughs> I mean, heaven forbid. Uh, that happens. But, no, Braves tonight, Ian Anderson against Austin Gomber trying to go for two in a row after a tough, tough overstay uh, there in Arizona where, well, outside of yesterday, we won't talk about much of what happened there in, uh, in Arizona. Appreciate Rich Stiles joining us here on the show. Ben, we'll talk more about the Braves tomorrow uh, on the program. Gorov Vidak of Battery Power will join us on the program. We'll talk a lot about young Michael Harris, who has come up and really, really played well for the Atlanta Braves. Also, Look at the uh, the end result there of the SEC meetings and what's to come moving forward for college football 
and uh, the SEC coming out of those meetings. We will see you tomorrow. If you missed any portion of the show, ESPNCoastal.com. Go to YouTube, at ESPN Coastal on YouTube. You can watch us live or go back and watch uh, any portion of the show that you missed. Apple Podcasts, Spotify. If you want an audio version of the podcast, you could do that there as well. We'll see you tomorrow here on 3 and Out.